Are you there? I am. All I'm right. still here. All right. I'm We're in the saddle shop two. once again with the legendary Buckman, no, world I... champion bullshitter. bullshitter. <laughs> I could I could go for that world champion bullshitter. <laughs> I was gonna say bull rider, but I might get challenged on that. Uh, yeah, nope, never did that. Well, you was world champion in a few towns at that day. <laughs> well, maybe just a few towns. Uh, <laughs> so I say, yeah. if I if I went a ranch road, y'all, but yeah, I was world champion in broadest Montana this year. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it ain't my fault nobody else showed up. Oh, yeah. Hey, did you hear about them ranch rodeo, that ranch rodeo deal that they're going to have in Nebraska? It's going to be a, like a, oh, they're going to try to get it sanctioned, I guess is what you'd call it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're, uh, so Clint Dexter has got a deal kind of set up. Uh, he's got a meeting on the 4th, I believe, here in Taylor. And they're going to have people show up and put their inputs. They're going to try to get a deal where it's the same team all summer. And they're going to have ranch rodeos in all these different towns. And then they're going to try to have a year-end final somewhere. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Well, that's, that's the way it is here. Is it really? Yeah, we have two different... Um, there's Eastern Montana Ranch Rodeo Finals, and then what the hell's the other one? Probably Central or something like that. I don't remember now, but um, but yeah, each one is there's different rules and different events. But every event, or I shouldn't say every event, but every ranch rodeo, there's you know like a say there's certain um, certain oh, what the hell am I trying to say? Um, events. Okay, yeah. Pick from basically. So, so you're gonna have the Brandon and the Doctrine and the Stray Gathering and and whatever, but every one of them is the same rules throughout the Eastern Montana um, circuit, which is the way it should be there too. Because every time you go do a rule book. You know, I, I don't know how many buckles I got screwed out of because it'd be one little technical crap, you know. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's the way it should be there. But here it's okay. So, like, there's four man teams, right? Oh, yeah. So, here it's five man teams, but one has to be a girl, which is pretty cool because oh, yeah. it, it gets a lot of the girls into it. So, yeah. like, when we was doing it there, you know, I'd be there with the X or, you know, Chance Shermer, I'd go with his or X or whatever. But there's a lot of girls that want to do it. But you kind of have to pull somebody off your team to put the girl in. If that, yeah. You know, it, like, it sounds shitty, but, um, but here you have to have a girl on your team. Oh, that's cool. And I think that's a good, good deal because it gets a lot more girls into it. and then they'll also have the all girls you know ranch rodeo deal too yeah. um and then they will have the well, not all of them some of them will have like a kids ranch rodeo so you'll have like a three or four man team but you'll have one adult on the team so they can oh, head yeah. 
and then the kids can heal and whatever. But oh hell yeah! Oh, and it's a pretty cool deal. It, it it gets everybody involved a lot more than just the four man guys team. Because I mean, unless you're like, you know, what the hell's her name? Casera, Sarah, Casera. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. You know, or, or uh, you know, there's several really handy girls up here, but um, you know, somebody like that that's like super handy. It's it's hard to get them into it. I know that uh, like Cody Clocks and his wife, she was always in it, or you know, for the most part. It's kind of almost unfair to that team because they, you know, they have the girl on their team. Well, especially like Loop City when you're trying to. <laughs> trying to bulldog, you know, thousand pound oh, steers. It's yep. they're kind of at a disadvantage. But, oh yeah, um, but yeah, that's how they do it here, and I I think it's pretty cool. It gets it gets everybody involved that way. Yep. Now I got one for you. If they've got four events, what events do you think they should have? Do I think? Yeah, I mean, this is for the this is for everybody listening. If they've paid attention and listened this far and thought we was just a bunch of bullshitters and us rambling on they might like to hear what you have to say on what events they should have for well, first Antonio. of all first of all i would like to say they're they're correct on thinking they were bullshit ramblers oh god we're uh, good at it <laughs> <laughs> um i think any event that like an iron man event um so Say you have to doctor one, load one, and uh, tie one down. Tie one down, yeah. Any event like that, that everybody has to do something, I think that's a really good uh, event. Uh, the branding, like they do a lot of brandings here, so they, they throw in the calves. And, and like some of those ranch rodeos they've been to where you have to pick out the ear tag and you have to um rope that calf i think that can be pretty shitty on the last team because everything's so wound up oh yes you know um the branding thing yeah it's it's a very big factor in the ranch life but as far as making it fair to everybody i think that's really hard to do yep um i think pinning cattle i think that's a big one that is overlooked a lot. I know we won this one here by several minutes because we wasn't acting like team ropers and pushing them just as hard as they could go. Like, Oh yeah. You know, if you can handle them like cattle and, you know, go, go slow as fast, you know, that can help them out. What I did like about a lot of the the Nebraska ranch rodeos was um, sorting cattle out to rope. Uh And I think, that gets overlooked up here a lot. It's they just turn them out of the chutes and hundred mile an hour down there and get them. Uh, yep. It don't really show any of your sort sorting skills. Yep. Um. Yeah, the sorting. I think that needs to be a part of it. And yeah, you're gonna have some people that ride in there. The cow is gonna be right where you need it to be and peel them out. But that's part no. of. You know. Part of luck of the draw. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other day I was watching uh, the ranch rodeo, the women's ranch rodeo deal in oh, probably Nevada, I'm guessing. And anyways, on their branding, 
you know how they did it with four man team? What they did is they kicked out two roping steers. And so they had one person holding two horses and then the next team so the two so they kicked them out, you know, uh kicked two steers out. Two girls were in this little circle and they were with the Brandon Iron. Or you know, where the fire yeah, was. Right. But the two so two girls had to go out head and heel, a rope and steer, and then the two girls at the fire had to take the head rope off, put it on his front feet. Yeah. And then go get the the iron, yep. stamp it, run back to the circle, put the iron back, <clears throat> and they were using paint. Yeah. Stuck the iron back in the paint, and then the other two girls let the steer go, and then the two girls on the ground had to run over, get on their horses, and then rope the other steer. And I, th- you know, that right there, that. And and you couldn't run your horse until the steers lope or they got disqualified. Oh yeah. That right there, I thought, you know, that's that's a good way to do the branding event. Yeah. Now like the yoking, nobody yokes up here in Nebraska. Yeah, I, mean, I never did understand that. They don't have it here. Now I don't think they should there either, really. No, but the yoking I do know like when I was in New Mexico. When we was catching them cows, it was wild. We'd go catch them. We'd, we'd tie them up to a tree for a night, come back the next day, and we'd lead them down. Yeah. I could see where that, you know, would be another good event. But I could, I still, yeah. Yeah. I still think they need to have, you know, the cow milking. And I I don't know. I I think they should have the cow milking just, just no. because it, that's what brings the crowd in. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so you got the cow milking, and then you got your your team doctrine where you go out and you tie two critters down. And then, you know, the trailer loading. I mean, gosh, there's a lot of guys down here that are pretty good at it. <laughs> Whether it's just because of luck or just because they've done it enough, you know, but. I, I always thought that was a pretty good idea, but I do. I like the, the Iron Man events, you know, where there's three or four events in one time, you know. Well, it, 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 for one, it gets everybody through. Two, there's a lot to watch in a hurry. Oh, yeah. And three, you get it, over it gets quicker. the entire team involved. You know, yep. I don't know how many, well, like your brother was on our team a lot. Um, and I had, you know, Charlie Stout and Ryan, uh, Koenig, Schneider. Oh, Schneider. Yeah. So Charlie, he was roping, you know, he was heading in a lot of them, uh, USTRCA deals. Yep. Ryan, he was, a uh, you know, high school champion healer. Oh yeah. So he, then me and Cody was just kind of hanging back there. If they miss, well shit, that now happen yep so we was always stuck doing the the groundwork which is fine i mean everybody has a point we we won money doing it but the the ones that everybody had to do something those were the ones that were a lot of fun because oh yeah everybody had to throw the rope and there's some of those deals that 
you go to where like everybody has to throw a loop, throw a loop. Like even if uh, it's like a, a doctrine deal, it's like you have to throw before you can mug it or whatever, you know. Yep. And I think if you're gonna have a something like that, I think there needs to be some Iron Man stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's that's a big one for me. Doing it, just getting yep. everybody to throw a loop. Oh not yeah. E- not even for even and out the teams. It just you know, if you go there and all you do is tie two steers down, well, that's kind of sucks. If you go out there and you throw three loops or whatever, even if yep. you miss every one of them, it's like you're still out there, you're still getting a chance to do it. Oh, yeah. You know, and and I think what they ought to do, and, and this is just, this is just me, but I got to go to my first one-man doctrine over in McCook this year. Yep. And I wasn't going to do it. I was totally against it. But my buddy Ty got me talked into it. Oh, come on. Don't be a pussy. I was like, oh, hell. That'll be fun. And I was talking to a guy before it goes. And I said, you know, a person might have a broke sucker out in the pasture. But when he brings him to town in an indoor arena, that's what really shows the broke horses. I said, there's probably going to be a lot of broke horses can't handle being inside. And what it was is you had, uh, well, there was, there was 19 contestants. And so everybody went in, and they had 10 critters in at a time. And there was, there was probably 60, 70 head there, and they, they just kept rotating them calves around. And so they swapped cattle after every fifth guy. Well, you got based on your long, your, your long ropes, or your, your, uh, backhands and right. different throws that you'd make. And I am, I would say I would be considered kind of a, a mixture because I've got a saddle that's got mule hide. I got another saddle that I tie on with and half the time I dally. I mean, I'll dally with a 30 footer. So right. I didn't know. You know, on something like that, I'm thinking, that's going to be more of a buckaroo deal. And, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll use a longer rope, but I also tie on quite a bit. And then, not only that, I, I'll dally, you know, and it just kind of depends on the day. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, well, if we got a doctor or critter, I said, can we bust them down, trip them down? And, well, you couldn't do that. You had to. You had to like lay them down or trip them down, you know. You couldn't bust them like a steer tripper, and you had to tie them down for six seconds. And I was like, "Well, shit! I'll just... I got a black horse that's pretty nice. He's a little goofy, but he, you know, he's. I thought he was pretty broke. Now he didn't stand for me after I caught my second critter. The first <laughs> critter, I didn't even get close enough. I I threw at him three times, and I couldn't ever get him toward off because if you lost the herd you were disqualified oh so i tried to get him sorted off and then i could never you know he'd just booger off and you know i i just had hell the first round second round i got my critter caught fairly quick you know once i finally kind of got him sorted off from everything else and 
I backhanded him and was lucky enough to catch him. And I got him tied down, and and it wasn't pretty. I shit, I fell over him over my critter when I was trying to get him down. Well, he was down. I was just trying to step over him. He got up, so I got back on my horse, and I still had my, you know, I still had my slack. Laid him down again and got him tied down finally. And, and you know, I mean, I think them ranch rodeos need to have a deal like that. They pick their best hand to go doctor a critter, yeah. lay it down by himself. That would that would make things. That would change See, a lot of things. There, there's a few of them up here. Well, I shouldn't say a few. There's one that I know of. And I'm good friends with the ones that do it. Uh, but it's the one there in circle. Um, but after the ranch rodeo, they do an Iron Man. They actually call it Iron Man. But you got to rope one and tie it down and load one in the trailer. Uh-huh. So, so they got a calf and they got a steer. And it's whatever you want to do. Tie calf down, tie steer down, either way. And they got a half-top trailer in there. And, boy, that, that'll show a horse like, oh. right now. And, yeah, I think they need to do way more of that. Yeah, I think it'd be – I think it'd help. You know, and if it wasn't for the the people in the stands, then they wouldn't get the extra money to put stuff like that on. Well, I mean, and the thing about the people with the stands—that's why they do the cow milking and the stupid ass hydrates and oh, uh, like Atkinson. Yeah, the, the uh, there's one here at Ecolaco. They do a U.S. mail deal where you gotta run around the arena and, and hand off the saddlebags. Like, basically, they're just trying to get people bucked off. Oh, yeah. Which is fine, but at the same time, when I go to town, like, I don't... My horses are assholes. Like, they'll show you they're assholes whether I'm roping something or whether I'm doing something like that. I'd rather be trying <laughs> to rope something, you know? Yep. Like, if I want to get bucked off, I, I can do that, but I'd rather not go to town and do it. Yeah, like, you know, and there, I, I and there's a, there's so many people that are, you know, they have really good ranch horses, like top notch oh, yeah. ranch horses, but they are ranch horses. There are no bullshit, no, you know, like you might you might give them a little bit of pet here and there, but there are no bullshit, no frills, no screwing around them. They they go out there to get their job done, and then that's that's that. And yep, when you go to these not. ranch rodeos, they're like, oh, you got to drag a fucking outhouse or something, or you got to ride doubles. Like, you know, I guarantee you my horse can do 10 times any of these other ones, but they're not kid broke. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's the shit that irritates me is like the hide race and crap like that. And that's a good way to get your damn head kicked off, too. I almost done that one night. Oh, yeah. I. I remember at Atkinson one year, I did the hide race. You know, Carl's like, oh, yeah, my big old blue mare, she'll be able to pull this thing off like nothing. Uh, well, geez, when I jumped on the hide, he had three coils on the ground. And when he <laughs> takes off that old big old, <laughs> big old hammer-headed Hancock mare, I mean, she did have some wheels. Yeah. When she When she hit the end of that rope, man. I, I thought I pulled both my shoulders out of my goddamn socks. <laughs> I felt the quitter to my asshole. Just yanked yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah. Well, we still didn't win. I mean, 
Well, you wasn't from Atkinson. You can't win that one. Oh, yeah. I I don't think I'll ever go back to that one unless I say that I'm from Atkinson. (laughs) That is a tough one to win. But, you know, there's some good guys up there. You know, there he is. There he is. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of handy guys up around that country. I just, yep. I just, I've been there too many times to enter it. Yep. You know, and and I was, I was just, I remember this like it was yesterday. One day I asked Slim. I said, Slim. I said, what makes a person super handy? I said, do they gotta be a, good at riding bucking horses? They got to be good at getting one to stop and turn around and, and do that. I said, you know, I mean, what do you suppose makes a good hand? And he goes, you let me think about that for a little bit. And I remember it, it felt like it was like four or five hours before <laughs> I ever got close enough to talk to him again. He's like, I think I got an answer for you. I said, what's that? He goes, you know. I know guys that are hellacious riding bucking horses that can't even get one to even stop yep. or turn around, let alone swing a rope. He goes, I've got buddies that will not miss, that can catch anything, but cannot ride a horse at bucks. I got buddies that are good at roping, that are good at riding bucking horses, that are good at making horses ride around good, that don't follow directions. He goes, it's a ability to adapt. Yes. And and I thought, you know, that's kind of weird. I would have never, I, I would have never figured that. He goes, it's just the ability to adapt. If you're good at a lot of little things, but maybe not great at one thing, you still might shine better than another person that yeah. might might be deadly with rope. You know, and 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 when I went. When I was riding them rope horses for shot, I learned so much. I mean, the biggest thing, my horses stand so much better when when I'm in the in the box now. Just just by little shit that I picked up, because we rode so many spoiled horses that got by with with so much, you know, and people sure. got scared and they buffaloed them. And you know, the biggest thing was getting them horses out out of the arena and making them work and then bringing them back and then making the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard. Mm-hmm. And, and that was probably the, a big eye opener on the horsemanship part of it. Cause I mean, I, I don't hardly rope that much, but I've been pretty lucky to win some, win some money at some of these smaller ropings and, and I don't go anywhere you know, I don't go rope very much, but you know, I was I was just hearing about Billy Gallano and Lynn Churchill. They win. I'm wanting to say like ninety thousand a piece or eighty thousand a piece at Vegas. Oof. And Billy Gallano, I mean, that guy, he at one time was handy, handy, handy. But you know, I mean, he kind of maybe got a little too wild for his own good and hadn't really went anywhere and 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 lynn knew he was good enough to rope but i remember at nsra finals this year he was riding his colt and he was going to clean the arena after during the steer tripping he rides his cold in this arena and this sucker something sets him off and he blows up and he 
I mean, this horse is firing on all cylinders. <laughs> and Billy's probably 65 years old. Rides rides a tar out of him. But you talk to this guy, you wouldn't think that he could still rope. or yeah, I mean, he, sure. he's cowboyed and rodeoed his whole life. And, and, I mean, to go out to Vegas and win that much money, that's pretty cool. Oh, you yeah. know, that, that gives guys like me some hope. Like, if I get a little coin saved up, maybe I might try to go to some of them them world series ropings and whatnot and i'm not the best roper but now i know where i need to position my horse to give me the better shot yeah you know and and that's just preparation for everything else and i gotta get off my ass and start going to the practice pen and start making an effort to go places but I, I do think that that would help me out tremendously if I do start doing things like that, you know, and, and that goes back to the cowboy part. It's being able to adapt and, and do the right thing and, 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 you know, put an effort out. You know, that everywhere that I've ever been, it's always, oh man, they're way handier out there. They're way handier here or there. Whatever it is, Oklahoma or Western Nebraska or Montana or Colorado, it, it don't matter. Anywhere that I've ever been, I go in there very intimidated because I'm just Sandhills boy, you know. And I go in there and I just do my job. Mm-hmm. And every place that I've ever been, they always ask me back. Mm-hmm. And they ask if I if I have any buddies that can come with me. You know, it's not it's you know, hell. There's a lot of places that I probably am not the top ten percent of the ropers, and then other places I definitely am. But I don't brag about what I do. I don't I don't try to tell people that I'm better than I am. And I go in there and I do my thing, and when I come out, they're like, hey keep on roping man yep you know and i think i think there's there's a lot of people that oh gotta if i go out there that's you know those guys out there they're super handy no they're not honestly (laughs) you know i have roped with some really really good hands and branded with some really good hands and there are definitely some good hands out there but more often than not you're going to fit right in with everybody, whether oh, you yeah. suck or you, whether you're really good, you're still going to mesh with everybody as long as you're humble about it. Yep. You know, you know, I remember this goes back to the bull riding deal with Gary LaFue. If you start running with winners, you become a winner. You start running with losers, you become a loser. Yeah. If you're wanting to get better and you're around people that are better than you, you will get better. Oh yeah. And and I that that part has stuck with me my whole life. I remember here a couple years ago, uh I went down to New Mexico. I bought a couple running bread mares. You know, I I, I've been in I've been kind of getting in this horse deal. I I've got a stud now and and I'm getting about six brood mares and then I also took in well this year I this last year I had thirteen mares. This year I've got probably close to that many mares that people want to bring me this year already. And, and that's just 
because I've been riding that stud at Brandings. I've never advertised him on the internet or anything. I just I just ride him and I go to Brandings and roping. Well, I haven't even taken him to any ropings. But going around. Do you, do you give him a, an autograph, though, with the stud fee? well yeah they'll get one with my stud transfer (laughs) oh okay yeah better frame that better frame well no they gotta send that to the aqha oh oh. but you know one thing though just going out and you start roping with people that want to get better and want to work at it you automatically get better oh yeah I remember when I was working for Shot. Shot also had a bunch of roping cattle, and then he'd take them to different ropings. And we went to Andrews, Texas. That's the same place as uh, oh gosh, dang. He's he's made the NFR. I don't know how many times he's got. He's got. He's the guy that ropes really good. That's got big ears. Jojo Lamont. Oh. And Jojo wasn't there. But there was like five guys that made the NFR in the healing that day. And I mean, I got to where I was healing like seven, eight, nine, ten head out of ten steers. I mean, I was. Yeah. I mean, I got to where, but I was also roping all day, every day. And I was riding a lot of different horses. And I, you know, the horse that I took was pretty solid. On four head, I mean, I was like 19, 20 some seconds. I mean, we were roping them four, four and a half, four, seven. And I just was just lucky. I didn't even get a rope in the short round. And that yeah. was the best I have ever roped. I didn't even know I could rope that good. But I didn't even think about it because I was like, well, geez, these guys are throwing that fast and them headers are catching that fast. And, you know, they've got 2,000 added. If I if I even place, that's probably going to be more money than I'm I'm making a month. Yeah, I was making twelve hundred dollars a month. Yes. Oh yeah, I mean, and and when I went down there to work for Shot, I knew how to shoe horses, I but I didn't know the balance part of things. Shot had worked for Don Baskins. Don Baskins, he actually just died the day after Christmas this year. They used to fly him everywhere. He wrote the book called Well Shod. So Don, you know, he, he helped Shot while that's how Shot made a living when he was rodeoing by shoeing horses while he was on the road. Oh, yeah. and he he rode for Joe he was healing for Joe Beaver in ninety seven and ninety eight when he made it. But he had other goals. He wanted to be a working cow horse and a cutting horse guy. And also show horses in the head and the healing at the Make UHA shows. When Shot was back in the early 2000s, I think he said he had nine or ten guys riding colts for him, and he had three guys just feeding, cleaning stalls, doing every, put like running steers through the rope and shoots for them guys. Sure. He had two guys in the round pen. He had three or four guys riding younger horses, and they was just roping and riding cow horses. And he had an old race racetrack leased with an arena in the inside. Shaw said that he would ride a horse for 10 minutes each day. And he would ride up to 90, 90 to 105 horses a day. 
he had them guys all saddling for him and switching stirrups out, and he'd tell them what they needed to do and what they should do. And I'm like, well, there's no way. There, there's, there's no way a person could do that. Well, after about the second month I worked for him, I figured out that was a legit deal. Mm. You know, I mean, I and I got drilled quite a bit while I was there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I was starting a few horses for him, but the the big thing was taking them spoiled horses that were bad in the box and getting them going good again. And then Shot also had a bunch of colts that he was riding and getting them good in the arena, and then he was selling them. So that was his that was his horse income, and I mean he also ranched too. And so we was ranching, riding rope horses and. He was he was pretty much done with the cutting deal, you know, by then. He just it takes so much manpower and time and money for that. But the rope horse deal, geez, it didn't take nothing to fix them horses. You go cowboy on them for a couple days, them horses is trying to flip over on you. Man, he showed me some tricks to get them horses fixed. It was so easy. Oh yeah. I mean and and he was he was a Ray Hunt guy and he went to a bunch of Ray Hunt clinics and you know, hell shot he was the guy that had the stampede string and a slick fork saddle and a Oh yeah. Boots tucked in at the finals with a big old wild drag or neck scarf or you know, yeah. everybody's got a different name for it, but right. I'll be damn. you know, and that was shot. I mean he was just as cowboy as cowboy could get. Yeah. And <laughs> still get on some bronchy suckers I, he he had a son that was sired by dual ray and he had a son sired by uh, gallo del cielo and them gallo del cielos oh my god them was my favorite horses but i bet <laughs> i've hit the ground more off them dual rays than any other horse oh but they was cowy they were touchy feely you know and i had a couple mares that was five and six years old that we that i'd started that might have been rode once or twice as a two-year-old and then once or twice as a three-year-old and they just kind of got put on the back burner them 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 rooster colts oh how damn them was them horses was fun now the <laughs> dual rays ah, you know they was athletes and they were they were fun to ride once you got them past a certain point but then sure they they'd kind of have some time off and then they kind of reverted back to their older ways <laughs> But I remember Slim, Slim always told me one thing, and this was back in 2015. He always said it's better to have 10, $10,000 mares than it was to have $100,000 mares. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you get yeah. some better, kind of some better genetics in there. Makes your job easier. Yeah. Starting them and showing them. It makes you look so much better that you know that the thirty days you put on a hundred thousand dollar horse or a ten thousand dollar horse compared to a five hundred or a thousand dollar horse makes a huge difference. And and I used to, you know, I was like every other cowboy. Ah, oh, you know, papers screw that. You know, you can write papers or whatever. But that's that's just the damn truth of it. Like if you have a horse that is very bad to do what you're trying to do they just do it it's no different than having a like a a high-powered dog 
Yep. And oh yeah, I, you know, I got you're you're yeah you're big in the dogs too, and it's like if you have a really good dog, you don't really teach them anything. You just tell them what not to do. Exactly, and and that's I hate to say it. That's all dog training and horse training is. You fix their fuck ups if they remember it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, excuse the f bomb, but <laughs> you know you fix the screw ups. Then, then that's when you, that's where you reprimand them. And then they, if they're smart enough, they'll remember it. Right. You know, it ain't, it ain't no different than say you got a horse that's cutting in on the hillside. You keep that horse out and, and you stop him and back him up and then go back to him on the outside hip and then throw your loop when you on the switch or something, you know, if they remember it, it's easier for them. Oh, yeah. Now, now you do get some that are like, oh, I'm just going to bail in here. Now, I'll use my little, I, I've got a, I've got a gilding that still has Peppy Sand Badger and Doc Bar on his papers. And, I mean, talk about eat a cow up. He ain't, <laughs> no, he ain't going to be one that's going to go win you any money on the cutting horse deal, because I've never, I never spent the time really doing it. But, I mean, for Calvin horse, this horse is awesome. Oh yeah. Now he is gentle, 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 and I bought him for seven hundred dollars because he was he was bucking with these people that started him, and he still will do it. And I still flag on him because he's nothing bothers him except every once in a while, like I the last high school rodeo I went and judged, I rode him, and this is on the second day. I get done and they kick the rest of the. I think it was the breakaway calves. They had like four or five breakaway calves, and I was just going to help them clean the arena out, tie them up, and then we was getting ready for the bull ride. Yeah. And I kick him to him, and I mean, we no more get almost close to them calves, and he bogs his head. <laughs> and he's he's six, seven years old. <laughs> yeah. He knows better. But, yeah. I mean, I remember last fall, I had a buddy that had some problems with pink eye and foot rot. We we got done working a bunch of uh, a bunch of cows, and then we was gonna go ride through and do some doctoring, and so I tacked him up right quick, and I stepped in the middle of him, and I mean I couldn't get him on track, but I he's broke enough, you know. I held him up. He never did buck me off or buck, you know. I never let him have the opportunity to. Right. You know, but then it wasn't a few months later, and I'd been riding him. He drills my wife at the Brandon pen. There's a calf that got out and she got rim fired and he didn't <laughs> like it. And, but, Imagine you know, that. you, yeah. you got to kind of pick your battles. And, and some yeah. of them horses, and this horse is gentle. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to put a little kid on him in a, in a small pen to ride around because he neck reins good and he stops, backs up. But if something serious happens, I mean, he can be the shits, and this yeah. horse has got more damn personality. And in his full, I I also own his full sister, and she was a little bit that way when I first got her too. I mean, and and my wife, she started taking him to some brandings, and hell, she rode around good. One day, her hobble strap broke between her front cinch and her back cinch, and that mare was uh-huh. kind of thrown up. And I was like, Katie, your back cinch is broke. She's like, I know. I said, Well, in Dally. But she pulled the calf out and got it good, and then she fixed yeah. it, and then everything was all right. 
She she got a little bit of redhead in her or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Tougher than I am, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just... We can oh, talk there, hours the, and hours and hours about horses. Oh, man, yeah. Well, and that this podcast is, you know, about... This is... I'm trying to do more just stories and stuff, but a lot of it's getting people started that really hasn't had the the dad to beat them with their split rein, you know, and tell them what to do. And they're trying to get into it, and and it's tough getting into it if if you haven't been in it, you know. Oh, it is. You know, you you go. I I did. I read a deal a while back. And you go to say like New York or L.A. or or I mean any big major city, you go ask them kids what they want to be when they grow up. It's astronauts, firefighters, cowboys, and doctors. No, oh, yeah. And and they say they've got a better shot of being a cow or a, being a firefighter, or a doctor, or a lawyer than ever being a cowboy. And and I don't know how much truth that is, but in no, the same I believe sense, that because you know, there's there's you got to have sand, you know, and, and just like we was talking, well, in the last podcast we was talking about sand, and and there's just not a lot of kids that that want to do it, and they're growing up doing this shit. Yeah, like man, you know, I had there's a kid that came in the shop and he's wanting to ride ranch broncs. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out and get his saddle all figured out. And, and I was like, just go belly down. And yep. hell, he had no idea what I was talking about. <clears throat> and I said, well, if, if you're going to come off, see, so you go belly down every time. You always go belly down, never land on your back because for one, it knocked the air out of you. Two, it's if you go belly down, at least your foot comes out of the stirrup. Your foot, yeah, your foot will come out of the stirrup. And he had no idea at all what I was talking about. And this is a kid that grew up with it. And it's just, you know, just simple things like that. It just makes you wonder, like, what the hell is everybody teaching these kids? But then, too, this same kid was bitching about um, getting a a Brandon crew here. It's like, you know, the, the guys would hire him to get a branding crew and it's like i need so many people and then he'd get them and and take them well you know i'm only getting paid so much and yada 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 and i was like man you're getting paid to go to brandon's you're bitching about it yeah you You know know? i you know that's like them kids from up at valentine they they guarantee a suburban load of wrestlers yep and it's eight hundred dollars for every 500 head so if well, it's a that's a pretty good way to do it though they have a per head deal yep so if there's 500 head to brandon they get eight hundred dollars and they split it up to whoever shows up in the, the suburban and i yep. mean these kids fill this it looks like a bunch of mexicans coming out of a goddamn <laughs> rig now, it's probably more if, like Indians coming uh, out of the Oh, man. And I mean, these kids all know how to wrestle, and they all yep. will cut in front of the line in front of each other, just get yep. shit done. And and all they ask is to get fed, 
and eight hundred dollars for every five hundred head. So Russ Hansen, he's got eight hundred and fifty head. He's over here by Brewster, hires him. Well, Valentine to Thed or Valentine to Brewster, you know that's got to be a good. That's two hours, ain't it? Yeah, it's a good two hour trip. You know, which theoretically it's only two towns away, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's kids they pick up on the way. <laughs> he pays him for he pays him for 1600 head just because he's plum tickled to get young guys yeah uh, it's it's ridiculous that you know well I'm what he's talking about it before you know shit when i went to oklahoma there are looking you know looking for wrestling when i went down there it wasn't wrestling your two three hundred pound calves it was 100 pound calf to about 600 pound calf it just depends on what they wanted to rope oh and they they didn't even care if it came out high hawk or whatever you know and it was just me like i was the only one there that knew how to wrestle and they're just so happy to have somebody there that wanted to wrestle like well no shit nobody wants to come wrestle for you guys yeah (laughs) you're bringing shit out high hawk 600 pound calf like i'm i'm a salty kid but shit like i can only take about so much well and and i i had a buddy that went down there to eastern oklahoma and and the ranch was at one time was the biggest ranch east of i-35 and they had a at one time they had a hell of a horse program i mean that's where they raised oklahoma star burt uh Tiger Leo, I don't think Tiger Leo was there, but I mean they had his bloodlines, you know. Was it a Hereford Ranch? You know, I think they did have Herefords at one time. And and I, you know, it's one of them deals. I better not say the the, the ranch because they sold they sold out. Oh yeah. But it, you know, at one time it was a pretty big deal, and I had a buddy that went down there to work, and and they had they had troubles getting a, a horseshoe to keep shoes on. So they asked me if I'd be interested. And I was like, well, hell yeah. But it's mainly to come and go hog hunting. So I went down there and shot a bunch of horses for them for the ranch. And then I got to go hunt hogs while I was down there, you know? And so we, I get down there and the guy that was running, I mean, they started at nine and they were done before. You know, I can understand that in the, in the summertime, but wouldn't you want to start earlier to beat the heat and then be done early, you know? Yeah. But I was down there in the fall. I mean, you can get a lot done between, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's, that's just, that was my thinking, you know, and the horse program might not have turned out so good. I mean, and that's, you know, there's some things that could have been changed, but. I think there's too many bosses and not enough Indians type of deal. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it was, a, it was still a cool place and it's real historical and, and, you know, just being on that place and shooting horses that had them pedigrees, it's like, you know, this, this course could have been pretty cool if I had him or if I had buddies yeah. on this horse, but you know, and it, it didn't happen, you know, but. Oh yeah. The hog hunting golly they they had to hire the game and parks come in and shoot hogs and not my buddy and i that was working there 
we we hunted for four days straight, day and night, trying to shoot hogs, and we only shot like four. <laughs> I, I think we shot more armadillos than we did anything and rabbits. Was they jumping? The armadillos? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, you shoot them, and some of them would jump. I had well, actually, I think it was old Clint Wilson was telling me that they chase them down and they just start bouncing. Yeah, you kick them and they'll they'll try to get in that ball and they just do it so fast they just pop up. Yeah. Now, like you shoot one. I shot one with my three oh eight rifle. And I mean I've splattered his his guts for twenty yards. <laughs> and he still jumped up and run off for about thirty feet and then <laughs> then he finally ran out of steam. <laughs> They're about tough. Like, about like a porcupine then. Oh man. Huh. You know, and I I had that three oh eight. I mean, I've heard that's at the time I bought it because I was like, well, I'm gonna go hog hunting, and oh geez, didn't work as good as I thought it was going. I mean, it worked good on them hogs, but to shoot a freaking little two pound armadillo, I don't know, (laughs) they might be more than that. But there, that that shield, I I couldn't believe how hard that was. You ever see people eating them things? Oh, I wouldn't want to eat them. They carry leprosy and all. Yeah. Hell, that'd be like eating a goddamn prairie possum. dog. Yeah, possum. Or, or a yeah. possum. Yeah. Oh, shit. That I've seen on old TikTok people peeling them things right out of their Ugh. armadillo. And I don't, I them, don't know. Them southern boys, they're a little bit different, though. They're a little tougher than the rest of us, probably. Yeah. I... I tell you what, there's nothing that beats good old-fashioned beef, corn-fed beef. Yeah. I mean, oof. I do like a good old steak. I like I like pork, too, but, man, I don't know if I want to eat a goddamn possum <laughs> or armadillo. I tell you what, though, they the game in parks in Nebraska found three armadillos in Nebraska now, so they say they're migrating up here. Hell no shit. Well, everything else is, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's hell, did, did, I, I'd always come up for Burwell Rodeo, and the whole time, you know, shit, I had to drangle, but if I had a pickup, I was always going to pick up possums, and I was going to put them around the town square the whole way around there when I got back. <laughs> Just to get everybody talking about the armadillos in town, you know. <laughs> I couldn't oh, ever stand the funny. stink enough to get them all the way there. Of course, that's end of July, so it don't take long for them to get smelling a little bit right by then. But Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, they'd probably get to stinking. Yeah. If I had a pickup, though, man, that's that was my, my big plan to... It's you know, when when I was there on that ranch in Texas, it was the Brewster Ranch is what it was called. Oh, yeah. But anyways, the neighboring ranch was bought by some rich dude. They didn't even have cattle on the ranch. But they turned it into a game hunting ranch, and they turned out a bunch of hogs. Well, the hogs got in on our side because that ranch, they shut off all their water lines. So everything. So every so often, you know, they'd have water troughs and that water, you know, would leak over and whatnot. And they also had liquid protein tubs. Well, 
these hogs got to where they were them hogs are smart oh yeah and so they they'd show up and and uh, jump into protein tubs and eat them and whatnot so we'd set our traps right by the protein tubs and by water well we'd catch javelina them javelina they would dig underneath the traps because we had game cams set up and them suckers was getting out like Ooh. all the time but like them hogs i shit you not we would tie we we made like a little gate with a the top part would hinge down and we tie a stick to a string to a bucket full of cow cake and them hogs would come in and knock that over boom we'd catch hogs well if we caught the javelina them suckers would still crawl out and they'd dig out but if you was riding your horse you get 50 feet away from them before they'd even smell you supposedly they're they can't see for shit and then they just run off you know yeah but them hogs you'd ride right by a mesquite tree or mesquite bush or whatever and them hogs would stay still until you was looking dead dead right at them and then you could i mean they'd stay still until you rode off and they'd never move oh be damn you know i don't if I'd have been able, if I'd have had a gun, well, I probably wouldn't have shot off of any of them horses I was riding. But you know, <laughs> I mean, it shot was, the horses. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but them hogs, I mean, we'd get them trapped and they'd come at you like they'd hit the fence like it wasn't even there. Yeah, I'll be down. Slim, he shot one with a, a twenty-five out six like four times before it died. And then there's another big old boar that I shot with my three fifty-seven pistol i bet i shot well i shot him six times before he went down i loaded it up again and shot him two more times we can't shoot him in the legs and expect him to die but well yeah but the only bad thing was i was from <laughs> like point blank range oh i was shooting him you know in the withers yeah. above the neck and i just never had a complete good shot in the head. I, I blew one's jaw off and he was still trying to come at me. I'm thinking Oh yeah. These are some dirty, rotten, tough suckers. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think them pigs have much will to die. No. They're survivors. Yep. And I mean Slim we we shot a hog. He had to be old. He was one of them kind of them Russian boars. And so he shot him about four times before he finally went down, but he was big. He probably, at, at his withers, he's, I'm probably five, I'm, I'm right at 5'11", almost, not quite, but almost 5'11". His withers would have probably hit me right below my hip bone. Nah. He was, he's tall and rangy. And, you yeah. know, that fence, you know, it was just hogwire fence from like Orschlins or Baumgars or tractor supply you know woven wire and we just set him up with t-posts and we we had three t-posts to a side and i didn't know if i was going to keep him in and he finally shot him the last time right above his head and and he missed the skull you kind of see after we cut his head off and he got him kind of bleached out or whatever you can see where the bullet ricocheted off the top of his skull and hit him kind of in the spine finally I'm sure he just bled out, you know, more than anything. Jeez. But he cut his cut his uh, head off, and then 
that one day we were messing around and he had him in the in the cook shack and I stuck a piece of paper between his two tusks and I, I lifted that jaw and I shut it. It it sliced that paper like it, it would scissors. And no shit. Oh yeah. Uh, I thought, man, that sucker gets a hold of a person or or a dog or whatever. Oh yeah, they're dirty. you know yeah. they, and they're not that bad on dogs like your cow dogs, but if they get hooked on a javelina they say them javelina are treacherous on dogs what that what's that them javelina don't they call them like stink pigs or something oh god yeah they they're they they put off a scent like it i guess it's kind of like a gland like elk have oh okay you know and 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 javelina are actually a rodent they're more related to a goddamn rat than they are a hog Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of a different. I mean, you look at a hog, like the wild hogs down there that we shot, they'd have ticks and fleas and lice and mites and nasty. Them have Lena, they were clean animals. I mean, huh. they might have a few ticks on them, but you didn't see the lice and the, the other shit on them like you would a hog. Oh, but damn. But they say them hogs are that way because they're, uh, you know they'll they'll eat other dead animals. Oh, they're just scavenger. Yeah, they're more of a scavenger. So they'll eat, you know, say something. They'll eat on a dead cow, like a coyote would, or sure. whatnot. Whereas them javelina, they're they don't eat, they don't eat meat or dead critters. And and they say like them uh, the crows, like they got them ravens and and then buzzards and stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll carry carry them critters them creepy crawlies on them and then when they fly from place to place you know they'll they'll jump off on them and then when other pigs come in then they'll jump on the pigs and whatnot oh yeah now like it's like it's like like finding a a stock tank in the middle of the sand hills with uh or not seashells but you know the snails. oh yeah the snails yeah like where in the hell did you guys come from from birds yeah and carp in them tanks and shit like that oh yeah now when when (laughs) i made a funny one (laughs) to that guy that was running that ranch in oklahoma we had i helped him gather a bunch of cows one day and and so sure shit these cows are lousy it got fleas and ticks and i'm sure they're just wormier and shit right well lo and behold we get this group in and i mean they're they're kind of down in some low ground where a a creek goes by and the pasture where they catch and shoot a lot of hogs and we're running through and i mean these cows are bad lousy and i (laughs) i'm i make a joke to the to the the cow boss and i was like oh god damn you know what would help you out to get rid of all these lice and ticks on these cows he's like well what's that i said if you started pouring all them hogs and getting rid of them creepy crawlies then the cows wouldn't have it oh shit and you know i'm just kind of a jokester i'm a shithead yeah he didn't think that was real he He didn't didn't, think it was very funny huh no not at all everybody else was laughing (laughs) you know this is at lunchtime when we're done getting ready to just run all them 
just run all them hogs through the chute and pour them, then you'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, and my buddy and I, you know, we, we hunted for three days straight. Well, he was getting ready to. So the second time I go down there, I'm going to help him move shit home. And then I, I shot some horses for the guys that were staying down there. Well, lo and behold, I kid you not. We hunted for two days straight and didn't get nothing. We shot two hogs. That was it. We're getting ready to leave, and his lights quit working on his trailer. So we run to an auto parts store, get light, uh, get tail lights and shit and, and wires, and he's he's kind of a mechanic anyway. Gets it all set up. And we're working on it, and all of a sudden, like, not even a hundred yards from the house on the highway, it's it's not really a highway, but it's like a it's a it's a hard top road. We hear a pew, don't pew, don't, and we're like, what the hell's that? And then we hear it again about five or six more times. So we go out there, and we're all packing pistols and whatnot to see who in the hell's shooting by the highway. It's a game warden. He's shooting hogs <laughs> within 50 yards of the house with a, a, a suppressed 308. Uh, Gee, many Christmas. We've been hunting this whole time, and this guy's already shot six hogs. He's already, no he time. knows where they're at. Well, oh, yeah. It's just so much harder to hunt them hogs during the daytime than it is at night. Oh, yeah. You, mean, were, you, were you east or west of Tulsa? We were probably directly south of Tulsa. Like we Okamogi were, and Henrietta? At, we were actually right by Eufaula. Oh, we were, yeah. We were, yeah. We, were, we were north of Lake Eufaula. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I spent some time around that country. Oh, man. There's a, Did you go to the... Oh, man, what's the big dance hall there? Oh, no. Nope, we didn't. We stayed away uh, from there. Oh, God, they talked about it. But, yeah, uh, we were... Yeah. We were we were, we were down there on the, by Lake Eufaula. Yeah, that that song uh, by Ray Wiley Hubbard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song, all them That's places all that he's he's talking oh, yeah. about. Like I've been through most of them. And then big old Rolling Lifts, Rolling Stone Lifts up there by the uh, Will Rogers Turnpike by the, oh, yeah. the cabin exit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We had a, a trade show right there. <laughs> uh, we went to Lake Eufaula this one night. Did that big dance hall there? Can't remember what the hell the name of that place was. Oh shit! Uh, anyway, go in there, and, and there's me and this other guy, and he's he's a loud mouth peckerhead, and he's always starting fights and shit. And, Anyway, we get in there and, and he's running his mouth and I'm kind of doing my own thing over there and he's calling on me and and I'm like, man, was one more night of this crap, you know? And it's like getting tired of bailing this guy out of fights. Well, turns out he was picking a fight with most of the whole town there, apparently. Oh, geez. <clears throat> so I seen what was going on. I don't think he did. Ted, you know, I talked earlier about beating a feather, and I had 
I had, well, in that country, I was wearing a flat hat just to piss all the Okies off for the most part. And anyway, there's this, this big old Indian dude. And I go up to him and I'm talking to him and his name is Big Storm. And it's still on my phone is Big Storm. <laughs> this guy, he's like six, fuck, six, 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 seven, something like that. Damn near 300 pounds. Like, Oof. his Oof. name was Big Storm for a reason. Like, this guy, he was something to reckon with, you know? So... I go up to this guy and he's like, oh man, that's, that's such a cool feather. And he's like, you're a, you're, you're native, but you don't have a beaded feather or anything. No, you know, and he tells me a story, you know, whatever. I was like, but I'll tell you what, big storm, you get me out of here alive. I'll give you this feather. He says, yeah, yeah. All right. So I take off my feather and I give it to him and he sticks it in his hat, you know, and he turns around and he says, these guys are with me. And like everybody just fucking calms down like right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We, we walk out of that place like celebrities, man. Like nobody touched us and just let them go, <laughs> let them go, let them go. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, you know, I've never talked to that guy since then, but he probably saved our lives that night. <laughs> I tell you what, I remember my freshman year, we go to Duran, Oklahoma for a college rodeo. And, you know, our rodeo coach is like, well, you, you guys, if you haven't been in Oklahoma, Life's different. That's all he kept saying. Life's different. <laughs> Life's different. Well, he failed to mention that there's a bunch of goddamn meth heads and everybody wants to rob you and steal No, you. yeah. Well, the college thought it was going to be the best to put us on that. Oh, it's a big old casino and resort. And they got motels cheap because they told us that, you know, they wanted to keep these kids safe and whatnot. That's probably the dumbest thing to let a bunch of 18 year olds <laughs> in a casino in Eastern Oklahoma. Well, we, we end up going down there and having a good old time. And we, the guys on the, on the rough stock side of things, we had, uh, had the keys to the school van. And so we end up taking off and a rodeo coach jumps in with us. He's like, where are you guys going? Oh, we're going to go eat. Well, we pull into a damn strip joint. And he's like, <laughs> uh, you guys ain't going to do that. He's like, we're like, yeah, we're going to go eat and have some fish and chips. That was their special fish and chips. Nobody has that up home. I mean, you know, the Catholic deal does. You know, during Lent. Yeah. But, fish and chips on a on a freaking weeknight in the fall in Oklahoma that just sounds at a strip club was a bad idea well we get in there and I swear maybe three or four of these girls that are dancing might had eight teeth between them <laughs> our rodeo coach is staying in the van he's mad at us but you know we wasn't doing anything wrong and we leave and we're coming home <laughs> Or, you know, getting ready to go back to the motel. He's like, 
Well, I'm glad none of you guys got stabbed or robbed. And this is only about 10 o'clock that night. We got to get back to the hotel before anybody gets in trouble. So sure enough, we head back and we're, we're back at the motel before too late. You know, some of us ended up sneaking back out and, and gambling because down there we could gamble when we were 18, you know, whereas, or, or maybe we, we couldn't drink down there, but we could at least play cards or something. I can't remember. I think that was before the, the 21 rule deal. Maybe we just all snuck in. I can't remember how that all went, but. Geez, we did have a fun time. <laughs> Very many Christmas. But yeah, I don't think I'd want to ever go down back to eastern Oklahoma. Geez. That's a whole different world down there, man. I remember when I was in New Mexico and, and, and in Texas. If you screwed up or said something stupid, they're like, Jesus Christ, where are you from? Eastern Oklahoma? <laughs> like, no. Why would you say that? Yeah. Shit, I had a guy, he's like, hey, you want to come get some rodeos with me? Yeah, I guess, you know, like, what's the catch? He says, oh, all you got to do is just stay by my trailer when I'm out warming up horses. I was like, what? Like, yeah, it, just stay by my trailer. If if there's nobody that, by my trailer, people come steal all my shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. My old rodeo coach, he also judges a bunch of PRCA rodeos. And then he's also a, a judge at a lot of ranch rodeos. And he was in Guthrie, or maybe, yeah, he was in Guthrie, I'm pretty sure, at the Lazy E. Uh, and he got jumped after the ranch rodeo and got the shit kicked out of him he was yeah. in the hospital for about a week jeez yeah i mean they they, they hammered hammer. him and he said he was walking to his pickup and a, a guy comes up to him he's like hey judge i got a i got a question about this event he says he no more walks up to him and and these two guys jump out from the behind behind him in the, in the horse part of the of a trailer and they put the boots to him oh, i yeah. mean they knocked out a bunch of teeth from him out of Gee. him and broke some ribs and punctured Oof. a lung and knocked him out and had some brain brain bleeding broke his nose broke an ice hawk i mean they just put the boots to him uh, yeah yeah it's, it's a different world over there they don't go by Midwestern rules after there. They're just a bunch of damn coyotes, man. You know, when I was in West Texas, they told me, they asked me, they said, do you know why the dirt's red in Oklahoma? And I was like, well, no. I said, well, why is that? And he goes, they say, that's because it's the closest state to hell. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, I believed it. I mean... Yeah, I've got some good buddies from there, but there's it's still a whole different world down there. It is, and I don't think people realize how bad it gets down there. That you know, people think about you know Mexicans crossing the border and shit, but nobody thinks about how crooked people really are. Oh yeah, it just 
People you know, talk, oh, you live in Oklahoma. How the hell could you live in Montana? <coughs> you know, the, with the weather, I was like, shit, I'll take... You know what? I will freeze my ass off any day of the week before I'll ever have to lock my door every day that I walk out 10 feet, you know? It's just ridiculous. And and I understand Western Oklahoma is, is a different country, yeah. and it's no different than, you know... And what I figure is like 281, yeah, in Nebraska. Like, cause I I went to high school and it was right there, and even even going to high school with all those kids, it was still a completely different understanding on yeah. everything. On it was like, you know, from if you was on the western side, I got along great with you. If he's on the eastern side, like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you, but there's something wrong. You're entitled dick, and I don't want to be friends with you. Yep. Oh, it can be, exactly. and it was like within a mile or two, two was the weird thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I hate to say it. You cross that divide hill south of Taylor. You, you get across the Bohemian Alps into that next valley. Yep. Different world. It is, yep. You know, I and I hate to be that way, but it is. It's... That's what, you know, in every place that I've ever been, they were like, well, oh, you're from Nebraska. Like, well, I'm from Nebraska Sandhills. Yep. Some people understand, some people don't. But when you say you're from Sandhills, they're like, okay, well, that's that's like, you know, Eastern Wyoming. <laughs> yep. You know? Oh, yeah. No, I I know exactly what you mean. You know, and, and, and everybody's different. You got good people in every place. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I, and, and I, you know, I'm pretty lucky. I've got to go live and travel quite a bit. I mean, Hell, I had a lot of fun in Spooner, Wisconsin when I went up there. I had some fun in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. North Dakota was, I had a lot of fun. You know, it seems like the further north you get, there's a lot of good people. You get too far west, there's some weird people. Now, I I was coming back from, oh, shit, I was coming back from California one time. Or maybe Nevada or something and i'm i'm rolling through salt lake city going like 80 and i mean i'm tired and i'm just on cruise control i get pulled over by a a state trooper i'm thinking son of a bitch i'm i'm going 85 in a freaking 60 i'm gonna get the book thrown at me and this trooper comes up starts talking to me oh where are you boys from I said, well, I'm from Nebraska. And he's like, oh, no kidding. What are you doing out here? I'm like, well, I'm coming back from wherever. Well, what are you doing out there? I was like, well, I'm rodeoing. You rodeo? Well, yeah. He's like, was you in this so-and-so rodeo? I was like, well, yeah, I was, I was there. He's like, you ever come to Salt Lake City and Ogden for the pro rodeos? I was like, oh, yeah. Shit, I I got wiped out in, in, in Salt Lake the year before, you know. And, yeah, damn. I mean, I did get wrecked out. I had <laughs> I had my bull jump out 
and I mean hipped himself, so I got a rewrite. So my second bull, he bails out and like jumps sideways and never tries to even catch his feet. So I freaking hit the ground and it knocks me plumb the shit out. And I was the last guy. So then they had to run another bull in for me. <laughs> and then he jerks me down and I fall off, uh, fall off again. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, this happened last. She's like, oh, no kidding. I was there. Gives me a warning. I'm yeah, like, it's because how lucky is that? Did he get, he did he, he ask for your uh, did he ask for your autograph? No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> no, he probably did. No, but when I told him I had to get on two rewrites, he just happened to be there, and I really think it was because I had my concealed carry permit. And I'm like, officer, I got a gun underneath the seat of my car. No, he, he was oh, probably he, like. He's probably thinking that he was dealing with a celebrity. No, geez, no Oh, geez. man, this guy, he's going to be to the NFR, and he's going to give me tickets because I didn't get him a ticket. Jeez, I tell you what, I got a buddy. <laughs> I shit you not. I don't know why people think they got to say that. Oh, and And yeah. I, I got a buddy over there by Brewster, and he's got a daughter that's a seventh grader. He's like, he I he convinced her he's like he's a world champion ranch cowboy. And so she walks up to me, she's like Are you a world champion ranch cowboy? I said, No. I said or an that she's like, Well, my dad says you're a world champion ranch cowboy. I said, No. I said, I'm not any better than anybody else. And then she's mad at me. She's like well, why'd my dad tell you that? I'm like, I've been helping you guys brand, and I haven't ever day worked for him, but I've, I mean, I know him because I work for Keys Angus. Yeah, yeah. And our, our sales coming up, you know, and yeah. she's like, well, they said they hire you and they pay you big bucks to come cowboy for them. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I said I day work for Keys Angus. And they're like, and, and that little girl, she, I mean, she's 12, 13 years old. She's like, well, my dad says you're 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 the best roper they've had on that ranch. I'm like, the best roper? I said, that's bullshit. I said, that ranch is the old DeGroff place. They've had guys like Rolly Glouse. And, and I mean, there's, they've had Justin Bradley. They've had, I mean, even all the DeGroffs, all them guys have, kicked ass and win state titles and roping calves. They, hell, they used to have more horses than they did cattle at one time. Yeah, but they never had a buck moon there. Though. Oh, geez. Oh, not <laughs> even. Just because I'm a bullshitter. <laughs> Just. <laughs> and I was like, no. I, that poor I've girl. Never... You probably <laughs> ruined her. You probably ruined her whole dreams of growing up. She's going to she, she probably know. had, she probably had pictures on her wall of Buck Moon back in the day. No, no it was just her dad being the shit. <laughs> uh, speaking, I, so, speaking of dad being the shits, do you remember Cooper? Uh, Cooper being what the hell was the deal? I don't even remember who showed up there. Which Cooper? Cooper Stout. Oh yeah. And somebody showed up there and he told him like he was shit four or five 
but he was out there in his <laughs> Superman underwear. They're like, sweet underwear, man. He's like, get the hell off of my spread, asshole. <laughs> Do you, you know that story? Oh, shit. I remember hearing about it. It was that branding, wasn't it? I don't remember it, but it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. I remember that. Get the hell mother. off of my spread. You Asshole. know, here here's another horse wreck story. <laughs> and and uh, so Dustin Copsey's still on Pebble Creek. Oh yeah. So we at the time they had a bunch of cows and there's calf they bought a bunch of first calvers and I mean in their calving fifteenth of February. I mean this this deal is getting wild. I mean, they bought three, four hundred head of first calvers. They wasn't set up for it. <coughs> I, I'm out of college, right? Cooper, this poor little sucker. I bet he's only twelve years old. So, he has this, 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 this horse is a big old giant soggy sucker. That's like a three-year-old. I mean, big, like big, big, big old hammer-headed sucker. They just sold him last year at Pitcher's for a pile of money. Even though he's not a Pitcher bred horse, they sent him to Mark Ray to ride. Mark Ray was too small oh, to ride yeah. him. Anyways, I say Coop, and I'm on one that's just, I mean, I'm riding one that I'm about half scared of. So, Cooper shows up, takes him off the trailer. I said, Cooper, just wait. We'll kick him in the pen together. Oh, my horse is fine. He got rode last week by my dad. I said, no, Cooper. I said, that's the horse that your dad sent to Ty. That horse, when Ty had him, my dad and Ty went to go help Richie's go day work. And that horse was going down a hill, stepped on an old hedge post, come up. it, And the hedge post was split on top. And he runs part of that hedge post up by that horse's sheath in his belly. Yeah. Then the other part. Oh, shit. Cuts, I think I remember seeing pictures of that. Yeah. Cuts in his inside of his, you know, yeah. clear up clear up above his side folder like the inside of that horse's groin mm-hmm. or whatever. They had to rope that deal, pull it out, and then cover it to keep him from bleeding out. So that horse hadn't been rode for a while, and then Jeff rode him one day sends him with Cooper to go pair out and then we had to go move some cows afterwards. So Cooper gets on him and Jeff no, Jeff wasn't there. So Dustin and Ron Just just to give a backstory on Cooper and Jeff though. No. They don't know how to ride (laughs) anything but them Hancock horses. You know but but Cooper's like what thirteen no, not even. He was twelve. He just had turned twelve at the time. Okay, yeah. So I mean, so like Cooper's like just still shit ass kid, and they're typical stout thing. Yeah, stout on thing, a four like, year old that's got about ten rides, maybe probably, fifteen rides. Just probably like certified high school rodeo bronc type. Well, I, I've I've got one for you for anybody listening to this podcast. There's more Hancock horses in Garfield County, Nebraska 
in Garfield County, Nebraska, which ain't very big county. No. Compared to like, I I think I read it to where there's more Hancock horses in Garfield County than there is in all of Oklahoma. <laughs> I believe it. No, it, no, like it, I, no, no, that's that's a that's a legit deal. Yeah, I believe it because there is so like. Well, you got all not cuts, to get up. Yeah, you got yeah, not, not to get off subject, but like. Uh, when we get dropped off of the bus, Weber's there's blue, blue Valentine was there. Like every yeah. day we get dropped off at the bus, a blue Valentine was like, Oh, and Roy seen boy. every day. And Roy boy. Yep. Yep. And I, said Roy boy. Yep. Yeah. And I ain't so sure that, uh, gooseberry come from genetics from somebody that owned, owned, you know, from own gooseberry. He ended up in Wyoming. You know, and, well, and that yeah. that all goes back. Um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of that is also Leo Hancock Hayes and and oh yeah, and yeah, plenty and plenty Berry, which is an yeah. offspring of Gooseberry. Yeah, that Lowry's had. I mean, yeah, it it was so funny because we had so like I said when I got dropped off the bus, I'd see Blue Valentine, and then my aunt. She had uh, cow, uh, what the hell, Culpepper Cowboy. Oh, yeah, and yeah. all those. And and then when I'd go to uh, Alcott's and I spent a lot of time there, they had Roy Boy and all them guys. Yeah, and you know, and so I spent I, my whole childhood growing up with these world famous horses that they were just yeah. horses to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then and then. You get out in the open and, and out in the real world, they're like, oh, geez, that horse is bronching. Well, you don't know any better. When you get yeah. bucked off five, six times a day, you thought that was normal. <laughs> I know what. <laughs> yeah. I remember just yeah. out. He he was riding. He, I, I'm wanting to say a cold pepper cowboy son out of a Roy boy daughter. And this, this horse he goes to tack him up and this fucker kicks him. Oh, this sucker, this sucker kicks him. He grabs a pitchfork, stabs that horse. He double barrels him, kicks, <laughs> kicks a pitchfork out of his hand, <laughs> breaks his hand when it, you know, comes back around. I mean, he's yeah. yeah. So then gets on him, goes to wakes branding. They're gathering cows. This horse bucks him off. No big deal. Gets back on him. Well, then he's pushing cows up up the alley into the the bud box or the shooter or whatever the tub. Sucker bucks him off again, kicks him on the way down in the ribs. And then he gets run over by these cows when they come back over top of him, going back the other way. So then he's mad. Now he's really hurt. So then he goes after the branding. He's like, you know hell with this horse leaves him tied up in the, in the, where they it's not a stall but kind of a stall in the barn leaves him tied up comes back out the next day and he's hurt and he's mad and he's pissed he's like yeah this sound bitch walks up to him and is going to catch you know catch him to go ride him that day to go ride pins that sucker 
gets him down and strikes him a bunch of times <laughs> in the corner. You know, he's already yeah. hurt. Yeah. They had to haul Jeff off to the hospital. He was in a hospital for a couple of days after that. Oh, no shit. So nobody was, you know, his wife was scared to unsaddle him. And, his, you know, at the time, his youngest kid was probably eight or nine years old. That poor bastard was <laughs> haltered and stayed right there. They just pitched hay off into the deal. And then they they dropped a bucket with a string to water him. Yeah. And it's like, I just hold him. I wouldn't want to know, you know. And now it wasn't much of a bucker, but. No, but that's a, that's a stout deal, though. Like, oh. But I did, Shit, I, you know, you back know, to, you know, people to, talk about back in the 1800s how there's just outhouses and everything. No, that's that's stouts like last generation. Oh, it and that's pushing it because, like, the Spath place, I go day work over there all the time. Oh, yeah, and, shit, I still help Charlie over there. I mean, I yeah. remember, I shit you not, I was, I was still in college and Charlie calls. Hey, we gotta move some cows. Do you want to come help? I said, hell yeah, I'll come over. Charlie has his horse blow up, buck him off. Rick ropes his horse, and his horse throws this wall-eyed fit, tips over backwards, breaks his tree in the saddle. Rick felt bad, and he's like, well, it's that mare's fault. He chokes this sucker down, and I mean... <laughs> Every time this horse would go to stand back up, he'd just log her off. And oh, then she'd yeah. run out. Of, and I'm like, God, I hope I don't screw up. <laughs> you know, I'm like, God, they, they wrote me or wrote one of my horses. Yeah, yeah, and no this shit. mare was about dead. Charlie went and got on her, rode her. And that tree, I mean, you could just tell it was broker. Oh, I shit. Mean, the hell, even the. Well, where it broke was where the horn hit right on the on the swells. Oh yeah. And it was you know, the the right side dropped down and that, that horn was laid over to the right. And and old Charlie, you know, he's riding sideways. I'm like, Ugh, rode her all day that way. Then then they left her saddled. So then I had to come back the next day. And she's still saddled. And I mean, this horse, I don't know <laughs> how they care. saddled her. I don't know how they saddled her. Yeah. <laughs> and tough. Well, hell, that ain't no different than Drew. I mean. Yeah. I I sent a couple <laughs> horses that I was a little bit afraid of, Drew. Well, Drew Got don't really fun. have the. Well, I shouldn't say it on the podcast, I guess, but but Drew has that Deermont mentality about like strike that kid on the head and he'll just, hey, what'd you do that for? You know? Yep. Oh, yeah, I tell you God. what, Drew, he come and help me. That kid is a worker. He's a gentleman. He's got manners. He might show up a little bit late to work some days, but. If he's got one downfall, it might be he likes his sleep a little bit. But he has always been good. Yeah. He come back from uh, he just come back from Nevada to come help at the cell for a few days, and I mean, he's just as good as gold, and he is oh, good uh, with them horses. 
you know, he truly you cares. know, you know, that kid, that's, that's one of them that it's like, I can't, I can't say that I've helped a lot of people out in my life, but I think Drew is one of them that Drew and Willie both, I think I've helped out enough to get them pushed towards the next level to where somebody else can help them out. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. No, and I, I... And I can't take full credit for that, obviously, but, but Drew, you know, it's like, he's a really good kid, and he wants to do it. I'll help you any way that I can. Yep. And Willie's the same way, just good kids. They didn't grow up with a hell of a lot, but you know, they come, they want to make a breast collar or whatever. Shit, yeah, I'll help you out, and we'll make it. And, you know, he's probably got something else by now, but at the time, that's what he had. He couldn't afford to make it, so he just came to the shop, and we did it there. And he learned a little bit, and hell, now he's out in Nevada and doing his own thing, so. Yeah, oh, Drew, I mean, he is, he's... You know, he, he's kind of getting into the, the rawhide braiding deal. And, oh, good. You know, because Elton, you know, shit, he braids braids some stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think Drew is getting it figured out and doing actual rawhide stuff. And no, cool. He knows how to make a, you know, I mean, he's getting to where he knows how to braid some, some cool stuff, and it's helping him out tremendously. Good. You know, and boy, if he, he if he'd spend the week with Fletch, oh yeah, 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 that would that'd help him out tremendously. Yeah, you know, and 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 Fletch, I mean, he's still cutting his own hides, and he's ninety three years old. Is that right? He's, yeah, and I need to go over. Hell, he only lives about seven blocks from me. If that, it's one, two, three, four, five, five blocks. Yeah. I mean, he don't live that far. I need to go over and see him more often. I still got a bunch of stuff that he's built and made. And, you know, I mean, no flesh. He's pretty much my granddad. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, I always, I always figured he was a, your granddad. But not like. Oh shit! Everybody thought he was my granddad. He'd take me to rodeos when my dad couldn't go. Yeah. You know, he'd take me to Kansas when I was younger. Yeah. Boy, we had. Uh... Oh shit! That's that was a long time ago. An old uh, the one armed bandit came through town. Oh and, yeah. Uh, with his whips, you know. And Fletch, he gave me a six footer, and I go out there and I crack it, and and pretty quick everybody wanted to know where it was. And shoot, I think I think he gave me two or three whips for free just for selling him so many. I don't know how many he sold that weekend, but oh man, man, we we go out there and I crack it. You guys, you guys were good on cracking whips too, though. Oh, yeah. You know, Dad, he used one at the feed yard quite a bit. Yeah. And it was mainly to get them colts gentled down for the people that he was 
taking some outside horses in for and, and then i got to where i well you know in louisiana everybody had a whip so when i went down there when i was a freshman in college i seen some of them whips that they had down there and they was cool like pretty awesome. you, had, you had one there that was like a damn breaker bar well it was uh it was aluminum handle yeah and then it was it was braided into two pieces so when you're your fall and your popper got completely wore out. You could just add on a new piece, and then pretty much uh, it was braided down halfway, and then it had a loop at the end. And then you could just not half hitch it, but you know, run your when run your loop right. through, and then yeah. then put that new fall and whatnot in it. And I had, I still have it. I got to get it fixed, but. There's a guy I seen on the old face box selling whips. I bought one. Very first day I use it, it breaks. I'm cracking it. And I smack this cow. And we got a bud box. I work for Keys Angus, and and we use a bud box. And I'm uh, I was using it, for, and I probably didn't really absolutely need to be cracking it in there, but. I had this brand new whip that I, I really liked. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I no more cracked it, and it, the handle breaks in half. Oh, shit. And there's a, there's loop in it. And and so I called this guy, and I said, hey, man, this handle breaks on me while I was cracking. He's like, oh, you had to, you had to have it on your saddle, and another horse smashed into it. I said, actually, no. I said, this is the, I just got it a couple days ago, and this is the first time I used it. Wouldn't even send me a new handle for it. No shit. Oh, God, yeah. Who is that? Oh, God, his name is Colby something. Big, ben Yard or Big Nard. Or, he's a dog trainer and whip maker and horseshoer. And I was like, well, I'll give him. I called him, and I, hell, he accused me of being a liar. I thought, what the hell? And the whip is the the braided part is awesome. It really is. And I tried to get another whip or another handle to put on it. Yeah, like, that's that's hundred percent oak, and there's no way it should break unless you had a horse step on it and this and that. I'm like, dude, it just broke while I was cracking it. Uh. I, and it broke like within within the first thirty minutes I was using it on them cows. And I'm like, well tell this guy if he ain't gonna send me another whip handle so i got mick mick dunbar here in town he's a wood guy does a lot of a lot of stuff with uh cedar yeah and yeah. and he's like oh, i got some i got some good hardwood that would that'll last a long time you know I'll, i i can make a i can uh lay the handle for you so i'm just waiting for a new handle on it now it's been a while but mick he's he's an older gentleman sells a lot of guns oh man so if anybody needs a gun you can go to mick and he'll buy you one and it's usually <laughs> usually about half the price of what you can get it from cabela's or a regular yeah. gun shop he don't he makes twenty dollars a gun and that's just for paperwork whereas like the mother places charge 45 dollars for paperwork and they have a percent increase Elk Creek Lodge is what he calls it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, he's an older gentleman. And, I mean, just as good as gold. Busy. He's busy right now. and he's, He builds 
tables and cabinets and shit like that. Yeah, he did some really nice uh, lamps and. Oh yeah, some really cool stuff. I I am pretty certain he uh, he had this saddle rack that had a glass covered case underneath of it for Miss uh, Miss Rodeo America. Oh, but damn. So whenever one of the bigwigs from the uh, Rodeo Queen deal was up here at Burwell, he had something. So they asked him if he'd be interested in making something. He's like, well, hell, I could donate it. So he, I mean, this saddle rack is fancy. Hell fancy, yeah. Fancy, fancy, fancy. It, what it is is a glass case underneath this saddle rack. Oh, yeah. You know, all out of red cedar, and mm-hmm. and and see, he didn't even use a single nail. He, uh, oh, cut and grooved everything. Yeah, that takes forever. You know, shit. There's a movie on a guy that done that. What the hell? Robert Duvall's the old man. Uh, really? Shit. What the hell is the name of that movie? Yeah, he's a he's an old man. He don't have anybody to leave his stuff to, so. He uh, he's an expert woods or uh, woodcrafter, I guess. Oh, cool! But uh, anyway, he ends up having. I think it's like I think he has an auction for his own funeral. <laughs> really? Yeah, what the, I can't think of the name of the movie. Anyway, it's Robert Duvall, so you know it's a pretty good one. Oh yeah, but. Yeah, that'd be a good good movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of movies, you watch Yellowstone in eighteen eighty three and nineteen twenty three. Oh man, I haven't. I had. Oh man, I don't know how many people like that. This is way before I got fat. Well, this this is in between. I got fat and got skinny, and then I got fat again. But uh, oh, you look. You look just like Walker, and people kept t- killing. <laughs> people <laughs> kept telling me, "He's like Walker, Walker, Walker." You look like Walker, and, and it's like, who the hell is Walker? So finally, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna rent the first uh, season. Oh, first season, yeah, yeah. It's like I gotta find out who Walker is. Well, about the time I figure out who Walker is, well, shit, that's Ryan Bingham. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, man, that was Ryan Bingham before he was ever cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, before he turned liberal. Mm-hmm. You know, did you know he, before he turned liberal, he was still shooing his own horses? Did you know that he was a pickup man? Did you know he used to ride bulls? <laughs> did, did you, you know, know? Did you know he used to work on a ranch in New Mexico? I didn't know that one, I guess. Yep. Did you? I could have that... guessed it, though. Did you know when he lived in West Texas before he, him and his mom moved to Fort Worth, he learned how to play guitar by mariachi players? That's what I've surmised, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody kind of knew that part. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. After I mean... Bracho Station, it kind of. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and actually what made his career was when he was in that movie with Jeff Bridges. Uh, yeah. 
Oh shit! I can't even think. Wild heart or wild heart, whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. And and that's what kicked off his career because the lady, one of the ladies that was kind of directing that deal, is who he ended up marrying. I think. I could be wrong. But yeah, he's married to a big wig Hollywood producer now. That's why he's a liberal. Yeah, what a douche. Like, he started out so cool. Like, I really like his music. Oh, shit. And I'm not going to say that I'm not going to listen to his music because he's liberal, but I I really had higher hopes for him. Oh, shit. He just. He just got brainwashed. Hell, that ain't no biggie. He might come out of it. Yeah. Well, hell, look at Sam Elliott. I mean, that guy turned into way big-time liberal. Is that right? Shit, I didn't. Oh, oh yeah, shit. He had that TV show, The Ranch, and, and after they got done filming it, because the one guy got in trouble, you know, fe- uh, not Fez. Rooster. Rooster, yeah, off of the 70s show. Yeah, he ended up getting in trouble big time, so he got kicked off of the show, and then it wasn't quite right. So then that's when they kind of canceled it. Mm. And so, sure, shit. I mean, that's when that show went to hell. But there's a big old deal about how uh, Sam Elliott didn't want to do it because he was portrayed as a Republican conservative, and I'm like, well, you should be proud to be that way. No, shit, that's like 98% of every role that you've ever played, man. Exactly. I mean, look at all them westerns. Gee, many Christmas. How many libtards have you ever seen talked about, oh, hey, let's watch a western? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I I shouldn't get into politics because I ain't good at it, but I know one thing. Yeah, like that is. It's pretty, uh, I don't know how you want to say it. Like, it's, it, most people have a, have a bite in them, I guess. Oh. Plum silly is what it is. Yeah. Plum silly. Plum silly is a good word. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I mean, uh, hell, look, guys, look. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm just saying, like, the only reason that I got into the Yellowstone thing was because the people, like, oh, you look like Walker. So I got in there, and then I was like, oh, Walker is Ryan Bingham. So, like, yeah, I could look like him about 50, 60 pounds ago, you know, but oh, that's the no. only Yellowstone thing that I have. And people are like, hey, you watch Yellowstone, you watch all the... No, I don't. I'm sorry. You know, and I and I do. I watch them all. My favorite show right now is The Mayors of Kingstown, and I cannot wait till the 16th of January because that's when the new season starts. But you know, I've been watching Tulsa King. We uh, fun oh, fact, is that the one with Sylvester Stallone? It, it is. It's pretty good. Is it? Oh, it is. Check it out. Yeah, it is. But. I didn't have internet or TV in, until a couple, probably about a month ago. Month, Yeah, I'd say probably a month ago. And, I mean, I had a TV and I got a, D, I got a bunch of DVDs. I used to do a lot of reading, you know. Yeah. When, when I had time. 
So you're way better off doing that, though. Oh, I think so. You know, like tonight, I've I've been reading my PRCA rule book, and I've been reading the bylaws. It's like, this is so dumb. (laughs) You know, I mean, I've read the the Bible or the rule book? The rule book. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. But I need to read it because I'm going to put in for some rodeos in Nebraska. I probably won't get any, but... If I do, at least I'll be kind of ready for it, you know. I don't know a celebrity like yourself. You probably have more than you want to do. Probably be at the NFR next year, and then you're going to give me some rodeo tickets. Be like, like, hey, my name is Buck Taylor Moon, and I support the Saddle Shop (laughs) podcast. Yeah, I, I should. Yeah. Hell. Look at look at the have I don't know have you been watching any of uh, the podcasts that uh, oh Justin Rumford's had I haven't I guess are they any good Oh fuck they'll make you laugh your ass off No shit Okay oh. well I'm gonna have to check them out Oh shit You need to look up Justin Rumford's podcast Rump Chat Okay They are funnier than shit I bet I've listened to every single one of them. I'll be damned. Okay. And, and some of them more than twice. You know, he tells he tells stories on each one, and he interviews different people. I mean, it's all the way from committee men to pickup men to bullfighters to stock contractors to friends. And he's got Josh Hilton on there. They call him Hambone. He's a music guy. He's from Iowa, but he's cool as shit. And, I mean, them, them deals, if you're traveling long ways... They'll make you laugh your ass off. Hell, even my wife listens to them. They're oh, man, funny. that's saying something, getting her to, to listen to something. <laughs> oh, shit, she'll laugh her ass off. Well, oh. it's like that one day she's like, do you know this guy? I was like, yeah. And I pull up my Snapchat. I said, see this? That's that's Justin. I said, hey, my, my wife thinks you're funnier than shit or something. I Snapchatted him while I'm driving. She goes, and he, t- he, he snapchats me back. Oh, that's awesome. Tell her to stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to be yeah. talking about this. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you know him. I'm like, I'm, I've known him forever. Yeah. I'm like, shit, he's, he's, and, and, you know. He's asking people, you for your autograph. No, I'm asking him for his autograph. No, no, Buck, don't give me that shit. <laughs> I should have. I should have asked him before he got famous. You know, yeah. it would have been worth something, you know, back then. <laughs> but, you know, he's been, well, he he's done it all. He's fought bulls. He's he's a hell of a bulldogger. Was a, He was a hell of a bulldogger. And then, Rumford, you're talking you know, about? Yeah. yeah, shit. Yeah. Hell, he even played. I ain't, don't quote me, but I'm, I know he made it to the college finals in the saddle bronc riding. Rumford did? Oh, yeah. No shit. Oh, yeah. Shit. He's a large man. Well, this is before he got larger. Yeah, but still, he's like, he's like, I can't see him ever as a small man, though. Well, he wasn't. He was thin. He was still tall. But, I mean, he could ride. I, I think he did it all except ride bulls. I'll be damned. You know, and I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's probably 35, 36, 37 now. Oh, shit, he's is, more than that. 
Well, hell, he might be 40 now, probably. Yeah, at least that, because when he was in Burwell, shit, he's... Shit, he was in Burwell last year. Was he? Well, I yep. was last year, I guess. Last time Brumford was there, it was me and Brogan was working the fence line, and I had my green boots, and he was supposed to give me a jersey for the Rumford thing. And he never did because he was an asshole. Oh shit! He, I tell you what, I, I think he's got to be sometimes, but he is. Oh no, not. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying like a mean asshole. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just giving him shit because we talked about I was going to wear one of his jerseys, and then he, and then he's, ah, I don't have any more right now, so. But no, yeah, he, no he, he he's an awesome guy and very down to earth. Oh and yeah. Talk to anybody if you have a kid in the stands, man. Yeah, dude will give him a kiss and and oh. yeah, he's like super cool. You know, very I, cool. I I didn't well last year and the year before, I hadn't seen him for probably five six years, and I seen him. And it was like I just started bullshitting from him from way back then. I mean, that's just the yeah. way he is. And 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 that's why everybody loves him. He remembers people. Yeah. You know, and then now he's got that podcast deal, and that kicked off huge. You know, he's selling, uh, oh, I'm sure he's selling, like, sponsorship type stuff. Sure. And telling people, you know, oh, you should buy this, and. You want to shave your nuts? You should buy this and this and that. You know, for the podcast deal, and he's making yeah. money because there's so many people listening to him. Sure, you I know, didn't I mean, know that there was a thing like that. I know uh, Rasmussen was doing like that, I guess. But yeah, um, no, like my whole deal with the in the saddle shop thing is just like. I don't want to hold. Uh, I don't have nothing against rodeo people, even though you're like one of the top tier rodeo people, and people want, <laughs> you know, your rodeo card stuff. Oh hell, <laughs> I, I I'm in that age group where I'm still too young to be a big time judge and ambassador, but you know, yeah, rodeo has treated me good. I mean, you know, it it really has, and I think that most people that follow rodeo probably do know your name. Well, and it's it's such a goofy name, Buck Taylor Moon. I mean, everybody knows gun that's watched Gunsmoke knows Buck Taylor, you know. Yeah. But now I got the moon part, and they're like, "Oh, is he Indian?" Well, no, I'm not Indian. But <laughs> fun fact: my grandma was. You know, I I've never once thought of you being Indian until now, and then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people people are like, oh, he's Indian. I I shit you not. When I was rodeoing, when I was in South, it was like say if I was in South or North Dakota, they're like, oh geez, where are you from, Texas? I'm like. No, I'm from Nebraska. And then when I was in Oklahoma and Texas, they're like, geez, where are you from? North Dakota? I'm like, 
no. And they're like, oh, you got such a big, deep accent. And I'm, I'm like, well, tell you, family's cheaper it. My mom's Mexican. My dad is English, Irish, German, and French. You know? And, and my mom, I mean, she's from Mexico, but she's Spaniard and French. So I've got more goddamn French in me than anything. And I. No shit. Oh, I'm Spaniard and French. Yeah, shit. Really? Her, her, uh, her, her grandparents on her dad's side came from France, and then her grandparents on her mom's side came from Spain. How bad? So, I didn't. That's know that. why. That's why my mom's taller than your typical Hispanic, I guess. But your your mom came up from Mexico, though, didn't she? Oh yeah. Yep, she was 17 when she moved to the States. Yeah. Or 17, 18, right there at that age. And I mean, she's got her citizenship and everything now, you know. Or she's had it, but... Yeah, yeah a lot of people don't realize that. They're like, oh, geez, you're Mexican. I was like, well, yeah, I am, but heritagely, I'm a little Heinz 57. I got more wild shit on my dad's side than I do on my mom's. Yeah, that's definitely true. Your dad, there's a lot of people that probably knows your dad around the world, too, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a renegade. The, you know, and that, that's the funny thing that like, I talk to people and they're like, oh, your dad, this and that. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, I talk to so-and-so, and they know you or your dad or your brother or whatever. It's like, yep. yeah, you're going to have to go a long ways before you know somebody that don't know one of us. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. You know, and it's, gosh, just, actually, you know what? Let, let's talk a little bit about your family here for a second. Yep. Okay. Oh, um, hell yeah. So, you rode bulls. Yeah, yeah. And then tried to. <laughs> no shit. You're he's like <laughs> almost the world champion. Oh no. Um, I I the closest I ever come was like twenty eighth in the world. That's well, long ways from it. Yeah, uh, that's close enough in my book. Next time I see you, I'm gonna get your autograph just in case. <laughs> just just in case you make a comeback. Hell, you should have enough. I bought enough stuff from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have it on a check somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't look back through there that far. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I'm gonna frame a check here someday when I get enough money that I don't need money. <laughs> And then I'm going to have you buy something from me. It's going to be like a million dollar check. It'd be like from Buck Taylor Moon. <laughs> and then I'm going to frame it across my doorway. Like, and then I'm never going to cash it either. Because you're going to make me so much be like, business. People are going to be like, well, gee, Christmas, who's that guy? And they then they won't know. Then they get on the Google web and they still won't know. No, they'll be like, holy shit. No, that ain't. I want to buy six saddles from you. That's what they're <laughs> gonna say, because you made something for Buck Taylor Moon. Uh, I tell you what, though, people see them leggings I've got. I know you've <laughs> had a lot of people call you to ask you to buy shit. Actually, you know they're. Uh, 
Not that many from those. Uh, really? No, uh, Booker. He he Boy, called me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Hey, next time you're in Nebraska, I want to um, get measurements from you." But for the most part, I have a lot. You're shitting me. No, not. Wouldn't shit my favorite turd. No kid, I've, I there's been so many people who are like, "Oh my god, dude, who made those? Those are so fancy." Yeah. The problem no, is kid. everybody's like, "Oh, oh god, they're they're, they're so fancy that they don't want to ask for a price." So I, I, you know, I bet you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to be this guy, but I niggered them up. Them are, I, I still haven't seen a pair of shotguns as cool as those. I haven't either. I mean, I can proudly say I have the coolest set of shotguns I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I can agree with you on that. Like, the only thing that would make them cooler if I had, like, wolf on either side of them. A you wolf? know? Yeah, like, like wolf on either side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that's just getting plum cocky there. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the only time I ever felt like a wolf was when them cotton ropes come out. Oh uh, man. I mean It wasn't even remember... fair for them calves though, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you remember you remember at Parker's branding that time when Ty was there with a broken leg? And he, I mean, he's going stir crazy. He was living with mom and dad because he was kind of in on the outs with his parents because <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be riding bulls and he broke his oh. leg riding bulls. Oh, it kicked him out. So, so he's living with me and mom and dad. I mean, hell, it might have been a foster place as many people that's lived with us. Oh, shit. And, you know, and, and you know, my mom, she is a saint. She'll take any. You know what? I've never lived at your house, but there was always a sanctuary there, though. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, we've had people that kind of had have grown up in the wrong place. We have had people get kicked out by their parents. I mean, Johnny Stewart. Whatever happened to that guy? Oh, oh, geez. You know, he started. He moved to eastern Oklahoma and started fencing. Oh, well, that's a good place for him. I <laughs> and I, I don't know where he's at now. I bet you know, he's right there. Well, he got in trouble in Nebraska for pimping his wife out. <laughs> yeah. And that ain't that shit. I mean, here, here, here my mom is a saint, like a, a full-on Christian Catholic, and takes anybody in. You know, type of deal. And, Your mom is awesome. I would I live mean, with it. I would live there indefinitely. She didn't kick me out, and she wouldn't kick anybody out. I like that's just the way my mom is. She's just she's a hardworking lady that will give anybody the time of day to better themselves, and yeah. I think that's you know. Thank God for my mom, because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. No. You know, my dad's the same way. I mean, everybody's like, oh, geez, I hate them parents that push their kids to the limit. And they, 
they want to make them ride bulls or bucking horses or team rope or calf rope and they just force them. My dad never forced us. You know, you know, I have. Okay, I'm going to go out on the line here. Um, my dad was the total opposite. Like, it was always forced on him. So, he was the exact opposite and didn't really force anything on us. But the one that I always looked up to was your dad. Yeah, because, I mean... You know, you know, okay, so the one the one time that made the biggest impression on me and I'll never forget it in my life. Um, so my dad was judging and I think it was Grayley rodeo is a junior rodeo. Like oh, yeah. sheep, sheep riding probably I think it was. And, and I got, I ended up winning the sheep riding. So, 98% of the time, it didn't matter how good that we did. We couldn't win because my dad was judging, right? Oh, yeah. You know? So, anyway, they ended up winning this deal. And I'm back there behind the shoots, And dad's still out there judging the rest of the rodeo. And Casey, your dad, grabs my buckle, grabs my belt. And starts unscrewing the old buckle that probably dadded one or whatever. Yeah. And helps me put this new buckle on there. And I think I borrowed your spurs too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it wasn't like I was just there doing my own no, I, I'm pretty damn sure now that yeah, I think I borrowed your spurs because he had the spurs locked through the oh, yeah. right, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, borrowed your spurs and and end up winning. And your dad is there and helping me change my buckle out because <laughs> you know, fuck, I was five six years old or whatever it was, you know, and <laughs> sheep riding. But you know, and, I will and, never forget that though. Well, you know, dad, he just. <laughs> He just loved to see people win. You know, yeah. it didn't matter if it was team roping or calf roping, roping. or the bronc riding or calf riding or yeah. riding or bull riding. He'd rather see everybody ride and have a smile on their face. You know, yeah. that's like Rowdy fighting bulls. I, yeah. I remember Rowdy, when he was 11, 12 years old, he was getting on the same practice bulls that I was getting on. And I was six years older than Rowdy. I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Rowdy could go out there and ride him just as good as I could. Rowdy goes to Arcadia. And Arcadia, you know, they got the age groups. And, like, Rowdy, he could ride calves. Then he could ride steers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them rodeos, if you didn't want to ride calves, you could ride, you could jump up your age group or whatever and ride steers or why not? And I remember Ratty goes out there, wins calf riding, goes out later on. He beats me in the steer riding. He's like eight <laughs> years old, yeah. and I'm I'm twelve or whatever. Or I'm well, no, he'd have been he'd have been six, six or seven. 
I was six years older than Rowdy, so I'd have been 12, 13. 14, you had to be in the cow riding. He tells mom, he's like, next year I'm not riding calves, I'm just going to steer riding. So, next year, I'm like 13, 14, 15, riding steers, and then he's in the steer riding. He goes out and wins the steer riding and beats me. Tells mom and dad, he's like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to ride steers anymore. <laughs> that was the last time. So then really? we have, oh yeah. So then we had, we used to ride practice bulls here at the bar on like Friday nights, Saturday nights. We yeah. take a trailer load of bulls in. And that's when they used to have the bull rides here at the bar in Taylor. He goes out and he rides the shit out of this bull that Cody had. He was, he was, I don't know, I, he was, I mean, at the time, Cody had some genetics in there. Yeah. Of some bulls that was pretty good. And this bull bucked me off. Right, like, well, I'll ride him. He goes out there and rides him. Jumps off, lands on his feet. That was the last bull he ever got on. Until we were at our neighbor's, Stan McKeel's, and he raised bucking bulls. And there's like five or six kids show up and get on these calves. And there's some twos and three-year-old calves. Everybody's falling off. Rowdy, he's out there fighting bulls. Because Rowdy has always been the bullfighter. Yeah. Goes out there with his cleats, wearing shorts. And rides his spinner and spurs him with a flank. <laughs> Jumps off, lands on his feet. That was the last critter Rowdy ever jumped on. Yeah, no shit. Everybody tried to, oh, Rowdy, you should be riding bulls. Nah, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. That, and Dad's that like, oh, come on, Rowdy. Gosh, dang, you're, you're handy enough. You should do it. Nah, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I was kind of going through the Gary LeFew method deal. And, you know, I knew how to post out and set my hips. So did Rowdy, because Rowdy would help me ride the bucking machine. And then he'd get on it, and I'd help him out. And he was just a natural. Rowdy was a natural at everything. Yeah. You know, if, if Rowdy... And Rowdy is not a bullshitter. Rowdy is quiet. He's shy. Super, yeah. Yeah, you can't get anything out of that kid. Nothing. Uh, But, you know, I mean, hell, his wife right now, shit, she placed the college finals last year in the goat tying and the barrel racing. She is handy. Yeah. Rowdy made the college finals in the bareback riding. Didn't Didn't make it back to the short round, but. I mean, Raddy could still ride bareback horses. He he's broke that sesamoid bone in his wrist twice. Oh. And I mean it. Yeah, I know it hurts him. He's oh, told yeah. me he's like, ah, it hurts my. I think I'm done. Hasn't been on a bucking horse since probably August or or July. You ain't gonna. You, if you're like, well, shit, Raddy, you should go ahead and enter these rodeos. He'll be like, yeah, I don't want to. He ain't going. Yeah, to he just it. don't care. Yeah, he don't. He just so freaking stupid natural. That's like the Colt starting deal. You know, Cody and I. Oh, yeah. You know, Dad never forced us to ride Colts, but we didn't know any better, so we did it. <laughs> Rowdy yeah. rode broke horses. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he goes to college, and he's on his summer break. He decides he's going to take in a bunch of outside horses. So he takes in a bunch of horses for this guy named Bobby Jones that's, all it is is figure four bred horses. 
or like Haythorn horses. This guy sends him four five-year-old studs to start. Gets them all going. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Never, he, never he don't started know any different, though. Like, he oh, don't know what, he don't know what bad is because he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, Cody or Buck or whatever. You know, one of you guys had had something bad, and then you just iron it out. And so by the time Rowdy gets there, he's like, "Nah, fuck it. It's just kind of whatever." Oh. He he's been bucked off, like when that guy sent him the Colts. He didn't get bucked off any of them. There was one horse. He couldn't get him gentle down, so he runs him in the stocks. He's going to put the halter on him. Horse jumps out of the stocks twice. Doesn't break leg or anything like that. He's like, well, the horse probably isn't going to amount to shit. Sends him home. The guy ends up sending three more, and they're four five-year-old studs again. And it gets them going. I mean, these suckers are snaky. Oh, I didn't want <laughs> And I was like, Rowdy, why would you do that? Why why wouldn't you get some horses that would be enjoyable to ride? He's like, well, there's nothing wrong with these horses. They just they just got neglected. They just <laughs> needed a little more time. And, just, and, yeah. and, and, and now it's his mindset. He give them time and effort. And every single one of them horses he started, they're using and they're going good now. Yeah. Now, I tell you what, there's this one horse that, Weber sent him, and he was a five-year-old, and this soccer was big, mean, and snorty. I couldn't even go out and catch him in a freaking pen. This horse would walk right up to Rowdy. He got him going, and this horse bucked him off a couple times, and it did. The one time, it did hurt him. He uh, he couldn't rodeo for about a month, and anyways, he gets him going. Takes him back to that guy's place. He's like, well, I'll get on him and show you. And the guy's like, oh, hell no, I don't need to. Rides him for a couple days. And he's like, oh, shit, he's so broke. Tacks him up, gets on him, lopes him off out of the pins, and the sucker blows and fucks <laughs> him off. And, and and hurt the guy. So he calls right. He's like, geez, I thought you said that horse didn't buck that hard. He's like, well, he bucked me off twice. But he never hurt me that bad because I eased him around at first. And Rowdy's like, that horse is five. You still got to realize there's some shit to him when they get that old. Yeah. I like, well, I guess you're right. And that guy, he's rode them kind forever. So he kind of knew. But, you know, Rowdy, all he's ever done was rode him around and then kind of ranched on him. Yeah. You know, if he had to rope something, it was always in a, a win-win situation. Not in a feedlot to try to sort something and kick them in the belly and to get them jump over, you know. Yeah, like Rowdy, right? Like, he has all the benefits and none of the bad fits. <laughs> what, what what's the word for not benefits? Oh shit, I couldn't even tell you. Um, but but yeah, he he has all the benefits going for him. Like everything that's bad, it's not even really registering because you know anything is even if it's a real bad situation, you guys 
being in the situation that you have been, you're like, yeah, but you know, like it's no big deal. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, go go back just a little bit. Let's circle back around. So, Buck T, Buck Taylor. Oh yeah, everybody you know, around here calls me BT. Yeah, everybody looking for a handout or a, or an autograph. Uh, <laughs> I'd be looking more for the handout. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, we're, we're taking Hell, that. I got audited this year. I'm still waiting for my... Not yet. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we are still taking benefits for Buck Taylor. Uh, no, I don't need any benefits. What's, Cody, what's, what's Cody's What's Cody's middle name? Right? Cody Bus. So, Cody Buss. Yeah. My granddad passed away a couple days after Cody was born okay a couple days before cody was born and so his name was woodrow anthony everybody called him bussy moon or bus bus moon and so mom and dad named him cody bus moon because cody bussy didn't sound as good as cody bus and Cody Anthony and Cody Woodrow didn't sound very good. So <laughs> that's that's what Cody was. Cody Cody Bus. Cody Bus. Cody Bus. And so Cody, you know, well shit. He still has his first dime he's ever made. Yeah, he is a it. tight ass. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wanted I mean, to make some. He wanted to make some taps one day. I was like, "Well, shit, man! Like, I'll help you out." And it, yeah, I wasn't even gonna charge him anything, and he just, ah, oh. he just tight his old butt cheeks up. But oh, shit. Um, he's like my granddad. My yeah. granddad's pretty tight. Yeah, they're all like that. So, but uh, Cody, that's... and then Rowdy is. What's Rowdy's middle name? Austin. Rowdy Austin Moon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think you lucked out on the middle names. Well, and then we can't forget about Sadie Isabella. Sa- Sadie Isabella Moon. Yep. I like that one. That's pretty good. Well, yep. how old? She's what? Nine. No. Already? Yep. Already. She's nine? Holy crap. Yep. You know, I. so doctors told mom I was going to be the only child she'd ever bear. Well, then three years later, here comes Cody. They thought, you know, that's pretty crazy that she was, you know, mom had Cody. And then they told her that she was lucky that she had two and she'd never have another kid again. Well, three years later, she had Rowdy. <laughs> and then 20 years later, she had... Was Sadie. it 20? No shit. 20. Well, no. I think Rowdy was probably 16 or so. Yeah. And, and so they had... Because I was 21 when Sadie was born. Or 22 when Sadie was born. 
Yeah, that was a surprise. That old Casey, man, he's just a fertile guy, I guess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and, and that's crazy to think that the doctor said that mom was only going to be able to have one kid, and that was me. Well, well, they, I, I, I they got had have known better than to tell a Mexican she could only have one kid. Yep. Well, and, and they, when mom found out she's pregnant with Sadie, she went to four doctors and they told her to abort it because it'd have Down syndrome or there'd be a health defect. Oh, Sadie, really? Sadie Sue, she, I shit you not, she's a nine year old kid and she's already riding some shitters around. And she'll run and sort run a sorting gate. She'll help feed. She, I mean, this kid is probably the smartest of all four of us, and I like to consider myself a genius. <laughs> I mean, well, I I make that up. Raddy's Raddy's a smart one. I mean, he's the one that's got the master's degree, but in college. But Sadie, I mean, that little shit. She's been. She, she was pretty much potty trained by the time she was a year old. She was talking by the time she was two. Uh, I mean, and, and right now, she's a third grader, and she's the assistant manager or, or whatever they call it for the girls' basketball team, and then they make her practice with the girls. I mean, she, her hand and eye coordination is that good that she can play – and practice with the high school girls. She is sharp, 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 and she's already an athlete. You know, Cody. You know, Cody had all them head injuries when he was a little kid. He had that sheep fall with him when he turned by the turn back fence, whacked his head. It it damaged his optic nerve in his head. I didn't, I didn't then, know how all that came about. I guess I just knew that he had some some yep. brain stuff going on, so he couldn't ride. Well, what it and what had happened is that sheep fell with him at the turnback fence, you know, at a bull riding and broken bow at the Custer County Classic. Oh. Well, he starts to kind of get healed up, and then he got cleared to ride. Saddle horse bucked him off lands on his head knocks him goofier and shit and he was in a coma for i think a couple days or whatever well then he gets starting to get healed up well mom and my brothers and i were fencing and rowdy's just a toddler i mean still shitting his britches in the back of the pickup he drops a <coughs> hammer on cody whacks him in the head about kills him <laughs> And and so that really fucked him up. So that's why he couldn't play football or do Good. contact sport sports. And it 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 was weird because he can't like so Cody can't read out. He can read to himself, but he can't read and say it out in public. No, oh, yeah. Oh shit! Acts oh. like a retard. <laughs> but this fucker is like a jun- genius when it comes to math. Huh. Oh shit! I mean, it, I know like like bloodlines and stuff, obviously, but oh shit! Well, Cody, I mean, he's got 180 cows, mama cows now, and he's not even he's well. I'm gonna be 32 
this next month, so he he's going to be 29. Them cows are bought and paid for, and he's already got his own place bought. I mean, Cody is he's he's not a dummy. He just can't read out in public. Yeah, you know, and 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 you know, people think that that helped him out in a way, but he's a worker. I mean, shit, he's probably out there thawing tanks out right now or cutting trees i mean fixing like i should you not (laughs) it's blizzard out right now we lost electricity a couple hours ago and he's probably still out there doing something part of it's because he's a tight ass so he's a tight ass but he he'll hustle yeah Yep. Me, I just, I, I keep thinking I'm the guy that's probably going to win the lottery. And I probably will. <laughs> well, do you know what? I'll tell you what, I'll give you 20% of whatever I win. <laughs> I'll give you 25% of whatever I win. Somebody's got to win. It might as well be us, right? Exactly. See? Now, uh... You got to pay to play. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh... So, Buck, you're you are the writer, and then Cody, he was raising bulls. Is he still doing any of that or not? Nope. He got rid of the bulls, bucking bulls, and started buying black cows. And it, you know, he got in at the right time, and he sold a lot of. He was smart enough. He was working for Peak Peak Performance Genetics, and was getting into some pretty good bloodlines and then he he was you remember when they was selling bred heifers at like three thousand dollars about six seven years ago yeah he sold all of them heifers and made a pile of money saved everything and and cody he ais probably close to two three thousand head a year and so He's he's pretty good on that AI and deal, and he has made money on the custom AI and. And then now that he's got his own cow herd, he's kind of getting them genetics built up. And no, oh, yeah, shit. The last couple of years, I think, I think, I think they topped a sale. At, at, at a, they're probably selling four, five, six thousand head of half replacement heifers and. I think he's always in the top five percent. So, yeah, he's no dummy when it comes. To, well, cattle race around here. They ain't gonna work out in eastern Nebraska where they corn feed them, but they'll work out in sand hills, you know. And and they there's the the more of the moderate frame that are raising big calves yeah that's kind of how he's he's getting his genetics you know he's getting a smaller frame moderate framed heifer trying to wean a 600 pound calf right and and that's what's helping them because they they feed him back out for a while and then he throws his his herd in with his father-in-law and his brother-in-law so they're they're sending a couple loads of critters out that are weighing within 30 pounds of each other oh hell yeah and and with them guys it it's mainly repeat customers buying his cattle 
Yeah. And so that has really helped him out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then he also works for Harmon's, getting paid an ass load by the hour with insurance and all kinds of other shit. And, and so he's got a good job. They give him time to do his own cow work stuff. Which, you know, I mean, he's back and forth all the time. So it it, it helps them all out. Yeah, they're, he's having fun. and He's got a little boy right now that's about a year and a half or two years old. And got another one on the way, so. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. Oh, can I hear you yet? Yeah, you still there? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, sorry about that. Um, You had... So, you was riding bulls, and then Rowdy, or uh, Cody was raising them, and then Rowdy was fighting them, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then Cody was also picking up quite a bit at that time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Yep. Yep, he was picking up while he was going to them high school rodeos. They were hiring him to pick up Bronx and Barebacks, and then shagging bulls, I mean... If anybody's good at roping bulls, it is old Cody. Yeah. And I mean, he can freaking launch a backhand further than anybody I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee, man. Yeah, he can. I mean, he would write, when he was working over there at uh, Peak Performance Genetics, they'd run 5,000 head of yearling, well, 5,000 replacement heifers out on grass. And so they roped and doctored everything. I mean, if it was foot rot, pink eye, or pneumonia, they didn't have much pneumonia because they was out on grass, but it was mainly foot rot and pink eye. And Jiminy Christmas, he was doctoring. He was going through two, three horses a day. And, and, and Cody, he didn't, it didn't matter to him how hard them fuckers bucked. I mean, he would torture them bastards. I've seen yeah. horses. They'd be bucking before he'd even step in the middle of them. Yeah. If if he got to where he was in the middle of them, it was bad news bears for them poor bastards. Cody's I mean, a freaking hand now. Oh, like, I just, probably I probably one of the most underrated hands around too, because it's not anything on Facebook. There's nothing on nothing. TikTok or Instagram. I mean, it's just Cody's out there doing his own thing. Yep, he don't and care about recognition. Just, yeah, there's there's nothing in that guy. I mean, and and I promise you, he's probably roped more critters on shitters than anybody I know. Well, shit, we go to a ranch rodeo and be like, Cody, you got, you know, like, you bring something you can rope on? You know, yeah, I, I, uh, I roped something on them yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, oh. like, you think you can get something done? Well, 
we'll see what happens. Oh yeah. Like he what the care. fuck, man? Like come on. Like and he he put him he was so good about putting himself in position. Yeah. I remember yeah. there was a guy that hired us to go doctor some cows in Kiev's. They was getting pink eye and foot rot in a bad way. And I'm riding a young I'm I'm riding one that's pretty green. And I ended up selling that horse that next year for a pile of money. And then the guy that bought him owned him for about 30 minutes and then turned around and sold him for about 30000 And this horse, oh, shit, this horse was just broke. But that spring, I mean, he was still fairly green because I didn't get him until he was a five-year-old. I sell him as a, as a six. So... I ride him for about a year, and this horse, everything was easy for this horse. And I was trying to make things right, you know, and and, and try to, you know, try to do the right thing. Well, I sort this critter off. Well, it was a calf, what it was. And I sort him off, and I'm just driving him out, and I'm letting my horse track him up. And I'm still in a snap, or, you know, kind of too raining him. And this horse gets locked on. And this horse, everything for this horse is easy i stand up and i start to rope and my brother cody is behind me off to the left and he's probably another 15 20 feet behind me and and he uses those cotton ropes that are them i mean he can he can sail them right he can overhand them he can backhand them he can run down and catch horns with them i mean whatever and I'm just, I'm just messing with my horse, just tracking him. And I'm tracking, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. I'm getting closer. And I no more start to stand up. And then all of a sudden, phew, here comes this rope going flying by my head. <laughs> snags, this, snags this critter. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, Jesus, Cody. I was setting my horse up. He's like, well, you were taking too long. My horse is going to run off before that. <laughs> you know, now we're just pretty much running behind and to the side of my horse. Yeah. But, I, you know, I mean, and it, it's about got him in some pickles. He takes his horse in. Oh, yeah, guy. but he don't, he don't even care at that point. Like, oh, no. I that tell you that what, kid though. is probably the most underrated bronc rider that's ever lived because oh, oh. I you think remember his like... scouts branding when he got that horse given to him. He was like a six or seven year old from Jack Rupel. You remember <laughs> that deal? When that I horse don't know, I guess. Up? Oh, mother of pearl. So I don't know how in the hell he even gets this horse saddled. And he's this horse has been st- supposedly had about five rides and then these guys get scared of him let him sit for a year send him somebody else this guy gets tries tries him this horse went through about four or five different guys and this horse did buck and he didn't have any nasty shit he just bucked hard and you never knew when it was going to set him off oh yeah so we go to we go to Stout's branding and we we're up north of the Spath place. Cody gets out, leads him leads him out of the trailer when this horse gets on ground, this horse blows up. 
<laughs> and I mean, Cody's got this big old long lead rope on him, and he's got a hold of him. Every time yeah. he tries to buck, he yanks him. And Cody, you know, he's probably 6'1", 6'2", and, and tough. Like, he still holds a record for that punching bag machine at the bar. Like, really? <laughs> it takes him a while to get wound up, but when he yeah. hits it, it's hard. Yeah. His hands yep. are about twice the size of mine, and I wear a pretty big glove. Sure shit. He gets him cheeked around, steps in the middle of him. And I mean, he no more gets sat down, this fucker blows up. So he pitches him his head, and this horse is bucking away from the trailers. You know, and it's kind of in a pasture type deal. And this horse, every time he'd jump up, he'd just rear back and he'd kick him. And you could just hear the air go out of this poor fucker's <laughs> breath. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And, and he, that was Cody's point. He was going to spur him till he couldn't freaking do anything. Well, we finally get these cows gathered. Cody makes the long circle about three times. And they're only in a section. It's not real big. So he comes around, and his horse is still goofier and shit, because he's only got about five rides. Circles with him back the other way. Well, we get him in this trap. Well, there's a few of these cows that keep cutting back down this hillside, and that's where they've been feeding these cows the last few days. So there's all this loose hay, and then, you know, yeah. it's still froze underneath. This fucker goes to try to buck with him, so Cody goes to beating on him. And that fucker falls down with him. So, Cody, I don't know how he gets out of there. This horse takes off bucking. And Cooper, he tells Cooper, rope that son of a bitch. So, Cooper ropes him. It's probably the second, third time this horse has ever been roped. So, this horse is throwing a fit. And as this horse is, like, finally calling it quits, Cody just walks up and steps on him. And then peels the rope off of him. And then yanks him around. Goes to kicking on him. <laughs> well, that horse, what had happened, I guess, is that horse went to buck and he hit that loose hand. He fell down. <laughs> well, that was what pissed Cody off. He's like, this son of a bitch made it look like I fell off. And nobody was around to see it. So I have to make sure everybody knows this. This fucker can't buck me off. Yeah. Like, oh, God, Cody. So here we go. Just just take some time because that could have been a really <laughs> nice horse, but you know, hell, he ain't a freak. Yeah. He'll freaking hammer on him. I mean, that's just the way he is. He just, he, oh, yeah. He, he likes, he likes the uglier and bronchier the better. But now he's kind of at the point since he's been married and has a kid. He'd, I mean, all all of his horses buck, but it's shit that he knows that he started. <laughs> he ain't gonna yeah. ride them shitters anymore. Yeah, it gets it gets more like the more and more you get you get married and you have kids, you're just like just get it out and around, pen. I don't even care anymore. You yeah. know. Hell, like it used to be a lot of fun to crawl on them suckers and and go out and do your thing and and prove that you had something. Now, like, yeah, just buck out there and round pin and I'll crawl on you when I get 
get my coffee yep. down, you know, I'm just over here being fat pussy, but whatever. <laughs> that. Oh, shit, I am. I know I am. I don't even like getting on them fuckers if I know they're going to buck me off. I mean, shit. I got like this. Russ and I talked before, too. Like, yeah, you know, I just don't like used to be fun now. Not so much. We've never it down. Not so much being put, but we never did that. Being like self preservation. Yep. <laughs> you know. You know, it ain't no different than this horseshoeing deal. I there used to never be a horse that I couldn't put a shoe on. Well, that wasn't really good to do because I was doing a lot of feed yard horses and most of them feed yard guys was riding a bunch of trader horses, you know, and just shit. And I I got turned into uh, you know, the Nebraska State Department of Corrections. I don't know what the fuck it was. They they called the State Patrol for animal abuse is what it boiled down. Oh, yeah. Yep. I had this horse. He kicked me twice. So I, I'm going to lay him down. Well, when I go to lay him down, I'm out of this shop or this barn. And this feed truck driver, this fucker looked like a hippie. I mean, he had long hair and your gauges and was about 55 years old he's like he pulls up i'm gonna turn you in for animal animal cruelty and this and i'm like well sir this horse kicked me i said all i want to do is tack shoes on him well you should take your time and do this and i said sir i've already tacked shoes on this horse a couple times you never know what's going to set this horse off and when he's going to get mad i said He's throwing a fit and throwing himself down. I said, all I'm doing is taking a foot away and holding it. And he's throwing a fit and flipping over backwards. And he's like, oh, gee. Well, pretty soon here comes the freaking manager of the feedlot. Oh, we can't have that. I said, all right, no worries. I just won't shoe him then. Well, well, well we, we got to have him shooed because that's one of our main guys' horses. I said, well. You want him shot, or do you want to turn me into freaking to the state for animal cruelty? Oh, oh, well, well, this guy's watching. We'll just do him another time. We'll have we'll have the rider break him again. I'm like, this horse is fucking twelve years old. This horse has got a, this horse has gotten by with it a time or two, not just because. I've gotten by with him when he's been rode down. This horse is off. He's being a dickhead. He's like, well, I don't know how them horses all want to be that way and get that way, but it ain't good. I'm like, well, if this horse kicks my knee out, I said, I'm probably going to be out for at least a few, a, a few months. Well, we'll just wait till you come back. Well, when I came back, then that horse was thrown down. He, he was good, but, you know, it still kind of pissed me off because they tried oh, yeah. to turn me in for animal cruelty. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about them horses being safe and quiet and gentle unless they have it coming. I had a I had a guy call me. He, was, he went to work for Adams's. 
and sure shit, he's like, well, I, I hear you shoot some bad ones. I said, well, no, I don't like to be known for that. But I said, I, I said, if I want, if somebody absolutely needs shoes on a horse, I can do it. I said, I've got some tricks and some ways I can, I can do it without getting hurt. But I said, I can't guarantee that for the horse. Well, this is only, I only got three horses, this and that. And there's, there's no way that anybody else has been able to put shoes on him. I just need him done. I said, well, I can do them, but it's going to cost you an extra 150 to lay him down. Well, I can't pay that. Feedlot doesn't put, doesn't pay that. I said, well, I, I guess I won't do it. Well, he takes off and leads his horse out and he's saddled. And he tries to lead him on this half-top trailer. This horse goes to step on there, and he pulls back from him. And this guy's just greener than gourd. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he, he dresses apart, but he just doesn't know. He, you know, his horsemanship is just not quite there. Right. And then he leads him up, and that horse steps up there, and then starts to pull back. Well, then he starts to beat him on the face. Gee, yeah. I'm like, well... There's a reason why that horse doesn't want to get shod, let alone led on the trailer, because he's probably going to get the shit beat on. Oh, shit. The shit beat out of him, you know? Yeah. So, oh, it just pisses me off sometimes. Oh, hell, I don't blame you, man. It's... Ugh. But I'm glad I said no the first time. Well, I didn't even say no. I just said it was going to cost that much. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes all kinds. It definitely does that. Oh. Yeah, big time. Well, shoot, uh, man. I don't want to keep you any longer than you already have. We got way longer than I thought we was going to. Oh, so. shit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah hell that was a good time that was a good podcast maybe somebody will learn what not to do somebody yeah. will have a good time listening to it maybe if they're on a long trip yeah hell yeah well uh i'm gonna have you back on at another time here later on so oh geez as long as you're up for it anyway oh hell yeah i mean i I ain't good at a lot, but I can sure bullshit, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, we will talk to you later. And Rising K cinches. Yep. And, oh, yeah. And, and uh, if anybody's looking for, for some horses, I, uh, I've i got a couple weanlings left. I uh, next, next year, I'll have probably six or seven. I bred a couple running bred mares to a stud that was sired by a streak of fling that Nate Austin Dosky owns that is an AQHA world champion head horse and placed six in the Helan. And they're still hauling him down the road in the PRCA deal. So I, I've, I mean, I've got, I'm trying to get into some good horses that are tough with some foot and bone. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I think a lot of people are missing out on. So, next year, I mean, 
I, I, I'm still green to this horse raising deal, but I'm getting some genetics in there. I've got a couple mares that are still have Pebby Sam Badger and Doc Bar on their papers. My stud, he still has. I'm counting checks on there, and I think he just passed the world. I think he just passed like four or five hundred thousand dollars in lifetime earnings on his foals. So, Jeez. So that mare that my stud's out of stands about fifteen three. And that stud of mine, he's a Palomino Roan that he uh, he only stands about 14'2", but he wears a size one front shoe, and he's a pretty pretty catty heel horse. I mean, he's and he's gentle. I've roped a lot of big shit on him, and he's just broke. He's never bucked with me, so I'm hoping some of these, these colts that I've got that are sired out of him aren't going to be buckers like maybe some of their mama, mamas kind of was, you know, yeah. so. But they should be tough, and they should be able to go all day and cover some country. I mean, it's kind of the, the ranch horse slash rodeo performance type horse. Sure. So, so anybody needs to. And I'm always buying and selling and trading for people while I'm trimming the shooting horses. So, sure. anybody needs to find something, let me know. I I bet I got something out there for them. So. All right. So, so if somebody needs to get a hold of you for uh, judging or looking for a stud or whatever, what, how did they get a hold of you? Oh, you can you can find me on the old face box, Buck Moon or Buck Taylor Moon. My phone number is three zero eight. Two one five zero three two nine. I I've got people calling me about horses all the time, people that I've never even heard of. I yep. you know I've I'm getting to the point now. I've sold some horses today. I even had a guy from like Missouri or Mississippi or Arkansas call me about a horse yeah. I sold last year. You know I had a couple horses I sold uh, last year from. Wisconsin and Michigan call me about them. I mean, I've I'm starting to get some horses out there. I'm not real I'm not real old yet, but I think I'm starting to you got, put out you got some the quality nice... that you don't have to have the years behind you. Well, I've got to ride enough horses, and I've got to go cover some country and and rope some shit that I needed something tough, but yet nobody wants to ride a a bronc and and i've got some horses they ain't going to be bronx they might be a little weird on the ground and i've taken some outside mares that have been bronchy to breed to that stud that have gotten gentle they might be a little strange on the ground you know you're probably better uh, on top of them than around them but you know i i i've got some foundation cross with some of this cow cow horse stuff and i i do i think that's a fairly good cross you know and them cow horses they are tough mm-hmm. they might not cover the country but i've got some mares that are big that will and these foals are starting to get big enough that they've got some cow sense you ain't gonna go win a cutting on them but if you need to go drive something to the barn they'll do it 
and if you can't drive them, you can drag them. <laughs> you know, and 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 that's kind of my that's kind of getting to be my motto. Like, if you can't drive them in, well, you should be able to go drag them in. Yeah, you know, especially with this genetic deal with these cows. I uh, um, I've been day working for this. Well, it's Keys out Keys Angus, and and they run their bulls on range and cake until they're two, and they sell them. That way, when people buy these bulls, they're not falling apart, mm-hmm. and then they're getting longer like uh, longevity out of them. They've been selling bulls for the last twelve years. This is the third, second year that they've had a sale out here in Brewster, and I mean their their genetics are good on them on them black Angus cows. So if anybody's interested in something like that, I mean they can look up Keys Angus. Brewster, Nebraska, and and look at some of them bulls that they've got because they've got the genetics, but they're they're ranging they're ranging caked fed, so they know how to travel. A lot of these guys that are selling these bulls, they got them so greasy, butterball fat, they fall apart the first year they kick them out with the cows. Yeah. These 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 bulls are gaining weight while they're out breeding cows. And they can travel, so that's one thing that has really helped them out. I think since last year they tripled the amount of bulls that they've sold because they just people are wanting them, you know. And and then not only that, their dog broke, horse broke. If you need to, you can go drive them in the trailer if you have to. You know, I I don't know about the four wheeler guys. They haven't been used with the four wheeler because we don't. They own one to. Sp- spray some weeds and stuff but everything's horseback and with a dog so <clears throat> and i've also got a kelpie dog that's three years old that's a pretty good dog that i uh, i consigned on the sale so anybody looking for a cow dog that's good with yearlings and pears this dog might help them out you know because nobody can find any help anymore so I thought, well, shit, I got, I got four other dogs. My, I, I better just go ahead and sell my brokest one. So, which dog is that? I'm selling Deuce. Oh yeah. Yep, old Deuce. I'm he's, he's pretty good, but you know, I got a, I got a couple of border collies and then, and one more Kelpie dog that, I mean, they're gonna be good. And I need to quit using Deuce all the time because I can rely on him. If I use another <laughs> dog, they yeah. gotta, they gotta, they're gonna have to step up. So, <clears throat> you know, and in this dog deal, Jiminy Christmas, they was selling shitters out there in California for thirty five hundred dollars a whack. They wouldn't even yeah. down or listen or sit or work cattle. Yeah. No, I think you got definitely got some good dogs for sure. So hopefully we'll get somebody out here that wants to pay ten thousand dollars for your dog. You know, I was just talking to Mike Baxter yesterday or two days ago. I uh, I dropped Ty Keller off after we got done trimming and shooting for the day, and and Mike, he's a world champion auctioneer, and he's he's putting that uh, he's auctioneer for the bull sale. Cause he lives about five miles away 
and uh, he put a radio ad and he he's got old deuce out there on the ad so i'm pretty excited about that and he you know i figured if i could sell deuce for twenty five three thousand dollars somebody's gonna have a really nice dog you know and, and maybe get he sells for more mike comes up to me after because he's also got a band and we helped him unload his band stuff at Uncle Buck's in Brewster. The only, yeah. only well, I, I mean, there's a post office and a courthouse. And he's like, well, gosh, I sure, I put that radio ad up. I sure hope I can sell a dog for $10,000. I'd make my day. I said, Mike, <laughs> if you sell them for $10,000, I'd be plum tickled. So, yeah. So hopefully. I mean, and and he is. I mean, I've seen worse dogs sell for higher than that, but I've also seen some better dogs sell for less than that. You know, if somebody needs a good dog that'll cover some country and gather, this is probably the dog for him. You know, he ain't super, super bitey. You ain't going to get bulls out of the swamp with him, but if you got to go gather some shit out in some big open country where you can get in and bite a nose and step back he's probably going to be the dog because he'll put enough pressure on him to get him herded up so you think he'd run sheep on him no he'd be a little too tough for sheep oh yeah but i i have had him on sheep yeah i mean i've damn sure had him on sheep so he just a little too much for him yeah i mean yeah, he's a little too bitey for sheep. Okay. But, you know, like on on some rank cattle. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah. ain't gonna quit, but he ain't just gonna bail in there. Yeah. Right. He, he's yeah. smart yeah. enough. He knows how to get out of there, and he's had yeah. his ass whipped enough. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he'll damn sure bloody a nose or two. Hell yeah, cattle man. that are coming at you. And it and and he's way better when you're out in the open than he is in the lots. And I've used him some in the lots. I've had enough dogs get cow killed in the lots and get ran over and you know break some ribs and puncture lungs. That oh yeah. I don't need a dog that's real good in the lot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause not everybody's cattle or dog broke, and I use him to go gather shit that's never seen a dog and. And he, he's been good on that. You know, if anybody, if it really, the he needs to go somewhere where he's got some big, wide open country gathering yearlings. Oh, man. That's his, that's his forte. So, yeah. Keys Angus, Angus Bull Sales, February 11th, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, yeah. Anybody, anybody looking for some bulls that'll, cover some country and some some cows that's that'd be a good place to go so oh yeah man but well thanks for having me on here Corey. i sure appreciate it hopefully yeah shoot man nobody We're... got bored hell i i had fun this was a good time yeah we'll have to have you on again here and i'll try to do some more of these and this is more kind of what I'm trying to do is more stories and shit like that. So, oh shit, I still got piles and piles. Of oh stories. man, I do too. It's like every time you say something, I got another story that jumps up in oh. my mind. So, oh yeah, a guy never knows about him until you start thinking about it. <laughs> I know it, but 
Hell yeah, man. Well, I'm going to get off of here tonight and then. Oh, shoot. We'll, we'll have to do like a weekly thing or something. Hell yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I can find enough bullshit things to talk about. So Yeah, yeah, well, I don't. <laughs> like I said, man, I, I usually try to have a few things that I want to talk about, but once I get the presidential bullshitter out here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not real good at it because I can start bullshitting, and then I get off t- <laughs> different tangents, and then yeah. it goes from bad to worse. So, <laughs> all right, man, we would we'll talk to you later, dude. All right, bon voyage, man. Have a good Ad- one. Yep, adios, take- and we'll see the rest of you guys down the road. All right, drive fast, take lots of chances, man. <laughs> <laughs>